Welcome, welcome, welcome to Bingeworthy, the only podcast that tells you why you're wrong about your favorite show. Uh, I am your host, Matt, with me this evening, uh, the the irreplaceable uh, Stephen. How are you this fine day? You'll own nothing, and you'll like it. <laughs> Damn! This is a big departure. <laughs> when did you get all communist? Uh, uh, yeah, wait, wait a second. When <laughs> did you go all Ubisoft on us? No, I am now uh, post-industrialist and post-capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm so uh, happy for you. I guess. How's it feel? <laughs> I have a lot of support as I transition to this new era. <laughs> well, we'll always be here for you, Stephen. Is that support paying you in Bitcoin? Like. Uh, it's paying me in pipe coin. <laughs> <laughs> How Let's go along with those doing? pipe dreams, huh? She literally was talking to me today as uh, we were doing a rubber duck test. And, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's my chief. She's my chief uh, UAT tester. <laughs> <laughs> how does uh, how do you judge whether she approves of your code or not? Uh, so she'll lay on her back if it's a no. <laughs> And she'll give me a leg if it's a yes. All right, good to know. Yes, and um, she's uh, she's also during her Blair Witch era where she's oh no uh, putting sticks outside. Oh no, swinging <laughs> little piles for no yep. reason. Yep, she tore up a map the other day. Oh my oh, god. Good. <laughs> well, good. We need to bring that back. We do need more Blair Witches in our life somehow. Supposedly, there's a new era of like found footage movies coming. I've so. heard. I mean, I, th- I think Crystal can agree. I think Matt, you can also agree that when we had the original, um, I don't know why I had the movie in my head. I just, it just left out. But you remember the found footage movie that had uh, off of the Lost series? Uh, what was the name of that 2000 movie? Um, oh, oh, God. Cloverfield. Same universe. Cloverfield. Field. Oh, was that the yeah. same universe? Oh. Same yep. universe, same universe. Shows how much I paid attention. Uh, it, it didn't go anywhere, so don't worry about it. it I, I wish it did, because they keep making the movies, like 10 Cloverfield Lane and then the Cloverfield effect. In space. Yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah. like, but they never like explain anything. I it's just want, like... Why would you explain anything? The Cloverfield universe is great. It's just that like, it needs more movies. And I don't know what the fuck J.J. Abrams is doing. He hasn't made a movie in a long time. You think he's uh, waiting for the heat to die down since uh, Star Wars? I guess, but I I hope everyone realizes it's not his fault. It's Kathleen Kennedy more than anyone else. You have such beef with this woman. (laughs) I think everybody does. She ruined Star Wars. Of course I have beef with her. Like, my God, no woman has been part of every single one of my favorite franchises and tried to fucking destroy them. Jurassic Park, you know, fucking Star Wars, like Marvel, she's tried to insert herself. Oh, she, thank God she's not part of that anymore. And Lucasfilms is done with her. Aquaman. All right. All right. I'm okay. I'm okay now. All right. We're good. I'm glad we talked about it. Thank you. I'm glad Thank you. We talked about it. <laughs> this has been a good therapy session. Uh, speaking of which, Crystal, welcome to the show. Uh, we got derailed by uh, the stunning Steve's intro. So, uh, how are you this fine evening? I'm um, I'm just keeping on, keeping on. That is a good way to be. Cool. A lot of recognizing that you can't take financials with you past the grave. So, ha! That is very true. And even then, they'll fucking tax the shit out of it. Mm. 
Okay. <laughs> we were, we're steering uh, quickly mm. towards politics. No, I enjoy it. Uh, Matt, on a scale from Mr. Beast. Oh, God. To, oh, shit. <laughs> to whatever random YouTube channel I'm going to pick out of this other one. Uh, uh, I was about to say, where, where do I go from there? Uh, <laughs> First of all, the internet historian is above everybody. The so, internet like, historian, how do you feel how about that? Um, although he got a lot of flack for his last video where apparently he ripped it off, but I don't care. I don't he care. did He's it better. Funny. He He's did so it better. Great. He did do it better. Although I'm pissed that his fucking series uh, story mode has stopped updating. Man, maybe he's taking some uh, PTO. Like he does every time that he has like three years between videos. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I, I'll say quality over quantity. All right. You know, actually, speaking of Mr. Beast, since you brought oh, him up, I over the holidays, I got gifted just as like stocking stuffers. My mom will shove like a whole lot of candy into the stockings because you know it's small it's easy fuck good. yeah and it's good um, no one complains about candy I, I certainly don't i have such a sweet tooth and it's arguably a problem but we we're not gonna go there um one of the one of the, i guess technically three of the things that were in said stocking mm-hmm. i don't know if it was her specifically or like someone else amongst the group that we did the holidays with Sure. Um, shoved like three of the candy bars that are Mr. Beast brand, like into my stocking. So, like two of them were the the fucking D's nuts joke. Oh, ones. for fuck's sake! It, it's chocolate and peanut butter. It's it's Reese's, Fake Reese's? but with like a like a different mix. Ugh. Um, fake Reese's are the most. Uh... So, like, it, it's chocolate and peanut butter, but in, like, chocolate bar form as opposed to, like, a Reese's cup. Lovely. And then, like, a milk chocolate, just, like, regular milk chocolate bar. I'm not even, <sighs> like, I'm not sorry to say this, but I am sorry if you feel like this is bashing on a brand. The The fucking chocolate and peanut butter? Disgusting. Like I don't know what it is about the mix that 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 one is, but it was gross. I can normally finish most candies, even if I'm not a huge fan of them. I could not finish that bar. Jesus, it it hit the garbage. Like I'm I'm sorry. The milk chocolate was fine. Not the best that I've ever had, but like that was fine. When you mix chocolate and peanut butter, if it's not Reese's, it's not good. I'm 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 saying it now. Reese's spoiled me. Well, like, I can't entirely say that, because, like, Butterfinger technically has, All right, like, some But Butterfinger, but they Butterfinger also changed like, the recipe a couple yeah. of years ago, and it's not nearly as good as it used to be. I, I agree. Um, like, there's been a couple of things that have mixed, like, chocolate and peanut butter or something that's peanut butter adjacent, and I'm like, all right, this is, this is good to find. That, like, I... I don't know what you got going on in that mix. <laughs> I don't know what the recipe is. I didn't even look at the ingredients on the back, but that was gross. I Damn. might recommend that you figure it out. Jesus. Hell yeah. Well, fuck Mr. Beast. <laughs> Damn. Wow. What has he done that's good? Like, I mean, I guess he, he pretends. I mean, he's like, he's helped he a lot actually... of places. But does he actually help them out? Like, 
I've seen his like I've googled his net worth and everything. It's nowhere near what he gives away. Uh, he spends all his money on his videos. I watched an interview with him on Colin Samir and he was talking about how much he spends pretty much all he makes. Yeah, I at least off of what I have been told or learned uh, just via osmosis, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, all his money, aside from, you know, like probably like base bills, gets spent on his videos. In, it, including like whatever the fuck he's giving away in that particular video. Damn, so okay. like net worth is not quite an accurate gauge, but like touche. All I the the only thing that I've been reassured of is that it's he's not a scam the same way that like pimp my ride was. I mean, pimp my ride was kind of a scam. Not not even kind Absolutely. of. It was a straight, straight up scam. Up. They didn't ever fix anything that was actually wrong with the car. Yeah. So, like, they fucked up those cars. And then half the time, apparently, they would take the the pimped aspects aspects, mm-hmm. depending on which car it was, out after the filming was done. So not only was the car not fixed from the original problem, but also had additional problems from the alterations that they made and then took out. <sighs> Supposedly. Probably That's just annoying nice things. Speaking of nice things, um I have to I have to I have a gripe that I, I think um that both of you will understand. And um well, I need your advice, both of you, because I both I think both of you are are uniquely um, tuned to deal with this. Uh oh. So I, you know, obviously I I've been playing a lot of Destiny recently, and I finally, after all the nonsense <laughs> has gone on, is it time for an intervention, Matt? Do Do you well, need to talk about how you don't need to do every raid every day? <laughs> Well, see, here's the problem. Our <laughs> clan just doubled in size, and all of them want to learn how to raid. And, and I, I'm the only one who's done all of them, so I'm teaching everybody how to raid. So it's like every night now is is taken up with raids. And I was finally like, you know what? I'm I'm good for now. I'm going to take a step back. Why and don't then... you do, like, a day of the week as opposed to every night? You're you're right. I should move that. However, here's something that happens that was announced today. Just when I said I'm stepping away from Destiny, and just when I'm like I'm not spending any more money to bu- for Bungie right now, this happened. I put it in the chat. Matt, I have news for you. What? A set of skins isn't worth it. Yes. You also- say that. The, game, the someone... game director is also leaving Bungie. Ooh. Really? When did this Joe happen? Joe Blackburn just announced it. Joe Blackburn is leaving Bungie? Jesus. Yes. He's the one who's like promised to fix everything. He said, he said quote, it's Joe over. No. Oh, for... <laughs> He's got <laughs> David Steve. The... <laughs> That's been the joke for three years. Let me <laughs> see this shit. You just lying to me? Holy fuck. Yeah, I know it's real. Okay. It's not exactly true. He's not stepping down to final shape. Which, again, there's a lot of stock being built in the final shape. 
Well, listen, I'm probably done after Final Shape. I'm going to be honest. Uh, here, Here's my problem. It's like almost like an abusive relationship. What in do you that mean, been... almost? Okay, okay, fine. The it's game's abusive... actively out to take all your money, Matt. <laughs> You're right, it is. And, you know, listen, Division 3 is like two years away, okay? I can't wait that long. Fuck you, James Cameron. And, and, and... <laughs> I Sorry, played the continue. Avatar game. It was okay. But Massive's time could have been used so much better. Then redoing it five times over. Yes, I'm aware. Oh my god. Anywho, um, like, I have to see how it ends. I've I've invested ten years into the story, and this is the end. I Listen, have to man, know how I can't, it ends. I can't judge you. That's fair. I I've been fucking grinding away at Final Fantasy fourteen alternate classes. I can't fucking judge you when yours isn't. Hang on. I happen to have a window open with the fucking game. How many classes are currently? Let's see. Um, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, Jesus. 18, 20 classes. And they're adding two more when the next expansion drops. So like, least... I can't judge you when yours is... A, I don't know how many classes are in, in Division. But, like, for Destiny, like, I can't judge you when there's only three classes, really. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And, um, you know, and Swotar is kind of like, I do it occasionally. I still pay for it to keep the servers running. But, like, you know, I've done all eight stories, and I'm glad, I'm, glad I'll, I'm done. I'll get back to paying for my subscription for that once I've got... No, once you're done with Final Fantasy, I'll play Swotar with you, and I'll pay for your things as long as you play with well, me. no, n- not even that, <laughs> my... I I need to get like my financials situated. That's why I'm not pushing before I go even thinking about it. Because Swotor, kind of like Final Fantasy, it has like a story commitment to it. Which oh is how yeah, you fucking suckered me into it in the first place. And it's good story. I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. But like, yeah, there's eight of them. That's... Yeah. Um, all right, anyway. Which means I need to explore the maps eight fucking times. <laughs> yeah, but it's easy to level up now, and, like, the, some of the classes are so cool. But anyway. Um, Sean is about to jump on, so Great. I wanted to get... Uh, well, first of all, does anyone have any news or anything uh, big they want to talk about oh, in did the you... uh, beginning of the show? I did. Did you see the Justice League... Destroy Suicide Squid hanging with the Justice League on Skibbity Debop. It's Barack over <laughs> about when people would, they couldn't access the early. Um, yeah, the early I, w- I want to talk. Hours. This is something and, actually. It's interesting. Okay, go ahead. And the, the the one bug about them once they logged on, the game automatically one hundred percent completed. Yes. Yeah, which is uh, that's a pretty goddamn big bug for something they've been working on. How for does that 10 even years. get past? QA. I it doesn't. It doesn't unless uh, they don't run QA. I was about to say, did they run QA? Is the real question. Like a lot of games now are just like, it's fine, we'll fix it in the day one patch, which hasn't happened yet. And all those people that paid a hundred dollars to play it three days early just couldn't play it. Because when they noticed the bug was a hundred percent completing the game, they took the servers down. Yeah, they do. And this is a company Shut that's usually like beloved. I, Rocksteady, I... like what games has Rocksteady made? Like before, like all of them have been good. Yeah. 
I love how we're all like, yeah, you know, Arkham, Arkham, <laughs> Arkham, Arkham, and more Arkham. Well, listen, the Arkham franchise was incredible. Like, it was good. It was great. Still is great. But they work on. Can I? Like, I know it's not an unpopular opinion in this circle, but like, mm-hmm. I'm so sick of needing a server connection games. Well, unfortunately, this is a live service game. It shouldn't be a live service game, but this one is. Yeah. And um, and here's the thing: I was actually kind of excited to play it with you guys because I know it's something you and Knight are really excited about, and we could all play together the entire campaign. Well, I... which might be fun. But like it's it's a multiplayer game that's not part of the the horror multiplayer yeah wave that's happening right now. Not to like come down on games that legitimately look like a lot of fun, like Lethal Company, for example. Yeah, a Lethal Company is looks great. It, yeah, um, it's just that a lot of the multiplayer games in the past two years or so have been almost strictly horror genre in That's some fair. capacity very fair at to... least for the ones that have gotten like any kind of significant attention yeah or success yeah you're right yeah except for pal world which blows everything out of, for some reason i well, we've talked about that a lot yeah it's uh, pal world's like the attention the internet's giving it is wild um But, uh, like, I, I I understand needing a server connection just because, like, now we have the means of doing updates and patching for bugs. It's no longer PS2 original Xbox era where whatever gets shipped gets shipped. Hmm. But I, I would like a little less unfinished product getting pushed to consumers. You like that rock cocaine? I mean, listen, rock cocaine would be a very big step up. To be fair, true. Um, yeah, I. It's just, but that's what the industry has taught people. You know, and that's the really the bad part. And it's not just video games. It's just more apparent in video games. We will buy crap. Whether, like, because of hype or because of nostalgia, because of whatever. We have trained corporations that we don't, they don't need to finish shit. They don't need to print out polished products. They just need to release it and we'll buy it. Yeah, fuck that. And, and unfortunately, the only thing they respond to, is, you know, is wallets. And, like, as long as people keep buying them and pre-order the Suicide Squad game, even if it's like, then the only reason to pre-order it was to get it early, and then the servers go down. Like, they don't care. Yeah. And that's the shitty part. And it's not the devs. I want to point that out very clearly. It's I don't think it's ever the devs. I think it's the the suits, the higher ups. You oh know, no, all... it's always the suits. Please see Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like as a as a prime example of the fact that it's the shareholders and cor- and the corporate level, yeah, it's it blows my mind. But like, that's the industry that, today. That that one <laughs> cyberpunk's release, the level of 
just like lack of disregard for devs on that one yep actually shocked me because we we'd seen like disrespect to devs from like the corporate level down of course before but i don't think i've ever at least not that i can recall i don't think i can think of any other situation where like the devs found out the release date at the same time that the consumers did (laughs) and it was less than a year yep they thought it was a joke I like I I don't it <laughs> anyways <Fair enough. laughs> yeah all right we'll just leave it there we'll we'll just peter out um yeah Sean welcome to the show how are you doing this uh-huh. fine evening. I'm shotting in after Crystal just petered out. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. Awesome. Very good Have to hear. We, uh, huh? Very good to hear. Oh. I was just about to broach the topic of tonight's well, show. Well, actually, I have, I have one peremptory question that's unrelated to the topic. Okay. That's cool. Have you watched any more of Fargo? I did. I watched the first three episodes. I'm only four episodes okay. in. John Ham. John Ham rules. John Ham. I, I, hate, I hate his character. I hate his character. Oh yeah, you're supposed to. You're supposed to. John Ham rules. <laughs> yeah. He also has <laughs> nipple rings. No doubt. <laughs> Very weird. Oh, you didn't see the nipple rings? I don't think I saw oh, he's nipple, got nipple rings. rings. You know, I did you wait. see the one where he's in? He's like in the outdoor like hot tub jacuzzi. No, like the wood. Okay, all right. You'll you'll see him. You'll see him. I cannot rings. wait. I yeah. cannot wait to see these nipple rings. I am very excited. That I really, awesome. I really hope that they are actually John Hams, and he's that, like, ah, and he takes these out for the role. Pierced nipples, and like they were like, yeah, that's not a problem. <laughs> or they oh just God. pierced him for the show. He was just like, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah, I've been thinking about this for a while, so you know. <laughs> Listen, if there's one thing that we could discuss at and at, at length is John Hams nipple uh, rings. I'm happy to go into great detail about these if you want. Um, it will haunt my thoughts for the rest of the time. And now, you know, my goal is to go see them. Um, I'll have our crosses to bear. We do. I'll have our crosses to bear. Thank you, Steve. Um, that being said, um, tonight is a very special episode uh, where no one has is going to pick a show. But in fact, we are going to um, compare uh, binge-worthy lists uh, of our top 10 bingeable shows to the list that have been circulating on the internet as of late and see how we compare and make fun of anyone who disagrees with us. Um, I want to point out that these are not our top 10 list of favorite shows. They could kind of overlap, but these are what our show, what shows we think are the most bingeable to watch regardless of genre, regardless of anything, what we think are like the most addicting shows. Um, and that you'll like, you need to watch a second episode after the first one's done. Could I, uh, um, can I interject with something there? Um, please. I think it would be helpful to kind of like tee that up okay. for each of us to kind of discuss. And I know it comes up from time to time, but, um, I think it'd be helpful for each of us to discuss, like when we think of like, what is a, a binge worthy show for each of us individually, you know, what are we looking at? I mean, obviously like the quality and certain things yep. about it have to be there or, you know, interest in the genre or interest in the, you know, the performances or, or whatever. 
Okay. But like, you know, just kind of generally, you know, and, and we we'll get into the list in a little bit, I bet. But like, in terms of like looking at a lot of those shows, you know, we're kind of in this era where unless you're a network sitcom, you're not producing like 22 to 24 episodes a year. Yeah. So like, but a good bit of those shows on there are those types of show. And so I think for me, like, you know, I was looking at that um, just before I got on and like, that's one of the things that it's kind of daunting unless I'm like truly in love with it. Do I really want to commit to a 22 episode season? Especially in our seasons. And it's like, and again, I, the show friends is on this list. I've never liked friends. It's not for me. I have no shots. If you like it. Um, I mean, it's whatever, but like that's 10 seasons of like 22 episodes a season. Yeah. Which is, is like insane to me. (laughs) Um, so like that, you know, I guess if it resonates with you, but like it, there's just not enough there for me to resonate with me. So like that long season is, is a problem. So I think maybe if like, we could kind of do that. I completely agree. So uh, Sean, since you already kind of, let's get just get yeah. us started. What for okay. you makes a show bingeable? So it, there, there are two different like types of binge worthy shows. That I think of when I think about what's binge worthy for me, there's one that's like, it's like newer or it's like new to me. Like I've never seen it before. And I just get sucked in mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there and I'm watching it. I'm probably not looking at my phone that much, which is like a big deal for me. Cause I'm addicted to my phone. Um, <laughs> like the music is good. The performances are good. And it's not overwhelming for me to sit there and watch, you know, however many episodes, maybe not sit there in one time and watch like a, you know, 10 hours of a TV show, but like I could do it in like two parts or three parts or whatever. Sure. Um, so like the time commitment, you know, is reasonable, but really for me, it kind of comes down to like that type of thing. It just has to have a hook. And so, Mm. um, you know, I actually don't know if I'm going to put Fargo on my list. Like I've got a bunch of extra ones beyond 10 that I've kind of floating around, but I think Fargo at least is a good example for me of a show that I just got sucked into. Like I started with like the first episode and I was like, I'll see how it goes. And I was just like, oh, no, we're going to keep watching this. Um, <laughs> and so, like, that was important. And then, you know, the other subset or set of binge-worthy shows I think about are shows that I've seen a million times. Yeah. That I just keep going back to and rewatching. And so, like, you know, a number of the ones that I brought or, or other people have brought, you know, on the pod, <clears throat> there are just a lot of those that I'll just throw on the TV and you know, I can go about my, my life, you know, doing whatever I need to do and have that on in the background and maybe I sit yeah. down and actually pay attention to it. But like, it has to have like a lot of those shows are nostalgic for me. So like the Simpsons or at least early Simpsons, mm-hmm. um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, you know, those types of shows where I don't really have to pay attention, but I can still enjoy the crap out of them. Yeah. Um, and hear familiar voices, you know, it's mm-hmm. like some kind of like self-soothing type thing. Yeah. Um, and I want to add one point to what you just said, because I agree with you on a lot of these points, but the one thing I kind of like gravitate towards is shows that when you say I can watch, you know, like I'll watch again and again, I think the important part is, and you know, I'll go into this as, you know, it's in my top three, but like one of the shows I picked, um, 
I learn something or I laugh at something new every time I watch it. So mm. I don't have to pay attention because I know the show by heart, but somehow some like a joke will just resonate differently. And I'll like the same jokes I laughed at one like run through are different than the jokes I run through a different time. So it's like, I kind yeah. of learn new things and I put new facts together every time I watch. And those can make a show like so much more binge worthy where I want to just like go through it again as soon as I'm done. So I think that's yeah. like, or, or notice hidden things, something that's revealed in a show. And they're like, Oh shit. That they like, they've been teasing that for fucking months. Um, and like, the Simpsons is a really good example and um, perhaps a bit obvious of one, but it's, it's one of those shows that like I've watched since I was, you know, Max's age. Yeah. He's in first grade. Um, <laughs> and like so many of the jokes, and it's not just the Simpsons, but this is the first thing that came to mind. So many of the jokes went over my head. Was it still funny? Yeah, of course. But like, I just didn't understand the joke or the reference. And it's even now, if I watch a movie that I've never seen before, that's like, maybe it's like a famous movie or a movie of some, some type of notoriety or a cult movie. I'll see something. I'll go, Holy shit. That, holy shit. That was, the <laughs> that was on the Simpsons in like 1995. Yeah. And I just didn't know it. Like, like that's a really like fun thing too, to discover. So like, kind of like to your point, like there's a lot of shows that you can watch them a million times for a million different reasons and you're going to pick up stuff that's new and like that's such a fun feeling yeah i'm i'm, I'm totally on board with that um steven same question what to you defines a binge worthy show a bingeable show i mean i think everybody has a different take on of course what, what you can appreciate a show that connects with you i think there are some shows that more people connect over than some others, but I take the same sentiment as Sean. Like I've never watched an episode of Friends. Actually, I have watched one episode of Friends, but I don't care to watch all the seasons. I know everybody likes it as like the go-to. Same with like, nah. <laughs> the same like as like Seinfeld. I'm not like a huge Seinfeld person either. Yeah, I, I have a feeling this is going to be a very anti-Friends, anti-Seinfeld pod. So I don't think that's negative. Like I said, I think you know it's something great, but I think there's something about um, finding a show that has some sort of element that draws you to it. And usually that's the characters and the writing and the world building. So I think something bingeable usually falls strongly into one of those categories. Although shows do fall off. Like Game of That's Thrones. true. But yeah, it's true. But again, <laughs> these are, these are... Own <laughs> it's like season six. Of I heard like, that. Shit. Let's so not discuss. Show. Let's not discuss that. Um, but yeah, you're right. But again, we can get into all those nuances as we go through our lists. Um, Crystal, what about you? What makes a show binge worthy? I, I have two different categories, so to speak, because I think, I think some, not even sometimes, a lot of the times the mood that you're in affects whether or not you'll find something bingeable the same way that the mood that you're in can affect your first impression of somebody new that you're meeting. Yep. Um, so I think there's entertainment bingeable and then there's investment in story bingeable. Mm -hmm. Investment in story, I think, falls into a lot of a point a lot of the points that you guys already said. Entertainment another way that I guess you could say it is like some of the things that are bingeable are just effectively like popcorn TV. Like sure. just put it on and like you can't stop watching just because you're legitimately just because you're entertained 
which arguably like a lot of comedy series would fall into, even if they do have mm-hmm. an overarching plot that also falls into like watching it also for the story. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think overall, I'd agree that I I need for me personally, for me to binge something, I need, I need at least a couple of main characters that I give a shit about. It doesn't necessarily have to be the main protagonist. Yeah. But, like, if it's not the main protagonist, then I need, like, two or more other main characters that I'm going to see consistently that I care about. Yeah, I think... Um, Go ahead, sorry. I'll let you finish. Because it's amazing how I wrote down such a similar thought that I was going to get into. Um, And ideally, you have, you know, strong characters and a strong plot if you have a situation and actually there's um a recent series that i'll reference has been hotel um is an animated series that got picked up um technically a couple of years ago by amazon but like it's an animated series in like 2d animation style so it took a while to produce but they only got cleared for eight for eight episodes and it shows in ah. like the in like the pacing of the episodes. I'm not saying it's bad because I've watched all the episodes that have released so far. Um, but I think if you don't have the time due to circumstances, um, to fully expand upon making a strong backing story then you need to make sure that your premise is has that hook Hmm. that sean was mentioning yeah like something not even necessarily like unique one of a kind yada yada but like something interesting about it yeah something to actually make me pause and go all right i'll hear you out to to like bridge that gap of recognizing that your pacing got fucked by only having so many episodes or bridging like suspension of disbelief for some significant plot hole or something yeah i think uh, i will add this mhm cuz i i had a i had a you know, I, I kind of thought long and hard about what made me, like, when I picked these shows, what the kind of common thread was. And I kind of think it's to your point. Um, I I will take it a step further and say I don't have to like the characters, but I have to connect with them. Mm. Whether that's good or bad, um, you know, because they're horrible people, I want to see what happens. Um, or they're great characters that I have something, I need to connect with them. Right. And once I've connected with a character and I actually care what happens to them, then I'm in. I will watch I will watch these shows and I think that's kind of the common thread through most of the shows that I have deemed binge-worthy at least on this show and like the things I watch on a continual basis. I have re- found at least one character on the show I can relate to or more and care genuinely care about what happens to them in the next episodes so i'm like holy shit how are they gonna fuck this up what's gonna happen next i need to know and that will keep me coming back for more um and that's kind of what like i've judged these on um 
you know, mostly. Uh, there is one that's not necessarily a scripted show, which, um, but we'll get to that when I get to it on the list. However, um, yeah, mo- I-, I care about the characters or I care about the people in it enough to see, like, oh man, this is um, this is intriguing. I need to see what happens. Yeah, um, that's all I got. Uh, just just something to trigger the inner nosy person in, uh, in your yeah. audience. <laughs> like totally. Um. That being said, uh, here's how I kind of wrote this out. And if anyone has a different way they'd like to do this, please let me know. But my plan was we are going to go through the top 10 list, starting at 10 all the way to one. And we will compare the list to what the list that uh, Sean's found that was kind of the impetus for this whole discussion about top 10 lists online. So we're going to go through that. And then after they say what's 10 on their list, we're going to go our 10. And then we're going to just talk briefly. I mean, we have all 10 to go through. So I might, you know, see how long the discussion goes for each. But why we picked uh, what we picked for our list and how it compares to the shit that this list picked. If, you know, both Seinfeld <laughs> and Friends are on it. Um, anywho. Are they okay there? I think we're good. I think we're good. Yeah. So, um the so the the list I found and are we mentioning what where those I guess we kind of have I mean it, it, yeah okay. it's ranker I, it's, it's, it's a technically ranker the polite thing yeah, to that's do fine. it's fucking ranker people apparently one point five million oh, people it's not voted Watch Mojo <laughs> well no I mean I'm sure it's that's an equal dumpster fire to this but um, <laughs> this Sorry, is the no, uh, so yeah. it's, it's it's ranker's list it came out um, in early December of 2023 so like about two months ago um mm. and it apparently they they got 1.5 million people to vote in this wow okay um and it's, so it's not the internet populace it's the internet populace and but who knows what internet populace they actually found to do this that's uh, fair I you suppose have to it's, want... it's 1.5 million people who go to ranker yeah so so um, might not be the best judges i mean it's kind of like how ross perot won my uh my mock election when I was in preschool, um, <laughs> you know, um, so, um, but, but just, just to kind of go off that, it, it's not just a top 10 list, it's a top 30. So okay. I think maybe if we, before we even go into doing the 10, cause we, we did each of us at 10, cause that's way more manageable than each of us doing 30. We'd be here yeah, all night. 100%. I was about to say, I'm, and I, I honestly don't know if I could think of 30 shows that, out yeah, 10. Yeah. <laughs> The same. So maybe if we could just kind of go down through the list until we get to well, we get done with eleven, and we can just kind of go quickly through it. And if anyone has yep. any comments or anything to to say about it, um, that'd be cool. Um, Sounds good. And then let's yeah, let's start at thirty. All right, number thirty is The Wire from HBO. Really? Yeah, I love The Wire, but even that's kind of low for me. I mean, it's not on my list, but I think it's above thirty. I've never actually watched The Wire. It's kind I, of I interesting. Say, I can't that... really weigh so in. I think, it's above, never... I think it's above 30. It's a good, it's you a know good, what? good show. I'm adding Wire to the list of th- shows I'm bringing to this goddamn show. It's a winner. Well, I We're need some watch kind of just to watch it. I yeah. can't wait to see how many of our listeners get upset with me about how many of these things I haven't seen. <laughs> um, I can't wait for uh night to watch The Wire. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, let's, let's make sure she's here for that one. It, it takes place in Baltimore, too. <laughs> yeah, well. Not that she right, lives number, there, but, you know, she's been there a lot. All 
All right, number 29 is American Horror Story. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, that's I a popularity is it, is it because of Lady Gaga? <laughs> Shut the... It just because it took over the internet for a little while. That's all that is. Not... Yeah. Like, I... Okay, we can move on from there. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's nothing to say. I have nothing good. I don't want to waste time okay, talking about that. Go. Number 28 is The Walking Dead. Okay. Okay. That that was really popular for a long time, so I get that. It was, but you really have to stop after season two. Season one is perfect, but it's not really that bingeable. It's only six episodes, and one. That's also like these. a hard. That's also like a hard thing to say. It's like it's. I mean, Steve talked about Game of Thrones, and I don't know if if any of you were going to put Game of Thrones on your list. No, um, it's spoiler. It's on no. mine, but like, the, there's something about Game of Thrones, like even if it a show that's good for two seasons and then drops to me is not bingeable or binge worthy. Cause then it's just like where, unless it's, that's the entire series. If it's two seasons and then it ends cool. But yeah. if it's two seasons out of, and I don't know how many years the walking dead was on the air, but two seasons out of 12, 10, something like that. Stupid. Uh-uh. Like that. That's just. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, 27. Uh, orange is the new black. Not super surprised that it had a pretty big no. following. It did have a good following. I never watched it. Didn't watch I it never either. had the interest, um, I so I, I can't really season. judge it. Was it good? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's not like memorable. I, I mean, it's kind of on like the the. It's you know, it, in, it's in like the the dollar bin, Best Buy bin in my mind of things that I've watched. You know, it's it's there. I like I like that philosophy. It is yeah. the dollar bin of, uh, <laughs> of the Best Buy dollar bin of things I've watched. Listen, okay. I found uh, some unique things in dollar bins across no, different retailers. That's true. I think, That's I've, very I, think true. I got heat at the dollar bin at Best Buy, and I'm like, heat is like one of the best crime films. I, I've yeah. ever made. I like, discovered ooh. I discovered my love for like. B movie versions of like popular tales via finding them in like dollar bins. And you find retailers. some gems. I found Sorcerer in a fucking dime, and I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that movie. It's that Roy Scheider movie from the eighties. It's fucking incredible. Oh, okay, I was I was getting ready to ask Sorcerer or Sorcerer's Apprentice. Wait, no, is Roy Scheider like, in a fantasy movie? Yeah, no, it is. It is a. <laughs> it is one of the most tense movies I've ever seen. It's actually like it's a really it's a hidden gem. If you've never mm. seen Sorcerer, look it up. It's basically Roy Scheider um, is like an army uh, truck delivery guy. Well, yes, that he transports materials, and the whole thing is about him getting a like a truck full of nitroglycerin through the jungles of Vietnam, and it's fucking like tense the whole time. It's a really, really underrated movie. I highly recommend if you haven't seen it. Cool. I like how we went from Orange Is the New Black to a uh, random. Roy Schneider <laughs> flick from the eighties. <laughs> okay, the power of right. Matt's ADHD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what is that was next? nice. That was nice. Okay, number twenty-eight. Or sorry, number <laughs> number twenty-six. Uh, I I don't know. Um, this might be on some of your list. Uh, your list, uh, the Mandalorian. Mando almost made my top ten. It is it is fall based on the shows I put? It has fallen into the top twenty, but it is there. I do quite enjoy the Mandalorian. 
But I agree with you on that. I, I think it, it probably would fall in my top 22, especially the first two seasons. Season three, I thought was fine. Um, but the first season two three, yeah, great. season three was saved by uh, what's his face wearing the Boba Fett armor. One of my favorite actors. Oh my god. Oh, he... Cop Van. Is that who you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever his name is. I cannot think of his name, and it's going to bother Timothy me. Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant, thank you. Timothy yeah. Oliphant rules. That He was actually season two. Was that season two? Mm-hmm. Okay. Season Either three way, was, was, all with, uh, was all about retaking Mandalore. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Less good. All right. Okay. Number 25, Grey's Anatomy, the show that will not die. Oh, my Ironically. God. I kind of wish it would. <laughs> It's had its time. Because everybody else has died in it. <laughs> and is not here to defend Grey's Anatomy, so fuck Grey's Anatomy. Cool. All right, moving <laughs> along. Uh, Lucifer. I never watched Lucifer. Oh, never seen it. I'm kind of shocked that it's on here, though. So am I. I, I was about to say, considering some of the other picks were absolutely, like, they got their bump up into the list clearly off of, like, just how popular they were. Yeah. Because it, it never took over the internet the same way that some of the other picks so far have. That's yeah. true. All right. Uh, I don't even know what number 23 is. It's the 100. Oh, I've heard the I... title. I don't know what the fuck it's about. Now I need to know. The 100. Okay, it's a drama series that ran for seven seasons on Netflix. Starring Eliza Taylor, Bob Morley... Maria Avergapalupa. Well, I don't know how to pronounce that fucking name. Avergapalupa. What is the? Give me the plot. Ninety-seven years after a devastating nuclear apocalypse wipes out most of human Earth, thousands of people now live in a space station orbiting Earth, which they call the Ark. Three generations have been born in space, but life supports the Ark begin to fail. One hundred juvenile detainees are sent to Earth, and the last step to determine whether it's habitable. Okay. Is it human Earth? Just Earth. I'm just reading. I guess from it the depends on what universe you're in. I I don't know. <laughs> well, the orcas maybe feel differently, but it's based on a young adult novel series of the same name, and it was okay. on the CW. So that just uh... there we go. Yep that that has its audience. Not me. I may have a CW show on my list. Um. <laughs> okay, uh, number twenty-two is Modern Family. Okay. Okay. Get that. I like how people like that. I don't. I don't see the appeal it was that a much. Popular show. I, I enjoy. Of... I enjoy the clips that have come out of it. Of uh, I think her name's Gloria, and that's about it. Yeah. I like things that give me Ed O'Neill. So yeah. <laughs> Married Another with Children, show, Modern Family, Little Giants. Married Just give with me Children more was O'Neal. also very, almost, uh, very, uh, nearly almost made the top ten. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. That was a show Children. that I got to watch as a child that I was, like, far too young to watch. And it was, like, one of those things. It's like, you show up at school and you're like, I was watching Seinfeld with my parents. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was watching Married with Children. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. That is not on this list, by the way. Um, married with Children, Everybody Loves Raymond. Fucking... Married with Children is way better than Everybody Loves Raymond. I listen. I will mm. agree. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the other like 
what what other live action ones were there? George Lopez. God. Like of that era? It, um, yeah. King of Queens. King of Queens. Was, uh, oh, there was some. Then there was the corny ones Roseanne. like Family Matters and Full House and. How yeah. dare you? You take Family Matters out of your mouth. <laughs> you do not besmirch Carl, okay? That man <laughs> was a saint. He never murdered Urkel. No, you that... know he wanted to. <laughs> the, despite the constant invasion of his home and making his daughter uncomfortable. Yeah. He also saved John McClane's life, so, you know. Mr. Sister. That too. He also played a really great judge in It's Always Sunny. <laughs> he did. He really did. All oh, the Bird Law yeah. episode. All right, we'll get to, I mean, that show might be on my list. Spoiler alert. Nice. <laughs> All right, um, number 21. Uh, it's actually a show that I have binged, which is How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, I agree to disagree on that one. I don't see the appeal. I, I hate that show. I hate Barney so fucking much. It's not even Barney that I hate. It's just the whole concept of the show. Okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna put in a quick defense of this. I kind of watched it because I didn't like almost every single character. Hmm. I liked, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Marshall, the tall guy. Shit, he was in Saving, um, not Saving. Oh. Uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. What's Sarah his name? Marshall. Hmm. Oh my God. He, he what's his literally name? make fun of him. I know. Um, holy fuck. He's, he's in um, Knocked Up. Yep. Uh, Jason Siegel. Thank you. I like Jason Siegel's character. I feel like he might have been the only actually decent person out of that like friend group too. Yeah. Um, so I watched that show and I actually got a couple thoughts on it. One, the ending is very controversial. And so I think a lot of people that watched it during the initial run, like as it aired week to week, don't rewatch it or haven't rewatched it or binged it again because they don't like the ending. Sure, but I saw something recently where people were saying were saying that people who binged it, like watched it all at once, actually liked the ending, and I actually kind of like the ending. It makes sense to me. Interesting. So I thought that was kind of an interesting idea. But yeah, hmm. I, Ted Mosby, terrible human being, um, it is a protagonist that like I want to see fail. So maybe that's also why I like the ending because it hurts him. I, I don't know. <laughs> we can move Touché. on. Touche. Touche. Yeah. Okay, uh, number 20, uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah, I think that's about where it lies on my list. It might be a little bit higher, but Better Call Saul is on my list. So, or, or not on this top 10, but it is in the, it was in consideration. So mm-hmm. I will, I will not argue Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul is a fantastic television program. Okay. Uh, Anybody else? No. No, no, I agree with that. Go ahead, <laughs> 19 is Peaky Blinders. Yep, I get that. I, I don't see it. I like Cillian Murphy. Yeah. He's, he carries that show. So does um, my boy. It, uh, it's Bob. not my flavor of like mob media, but I can see why it made the list. Tom for, Hardy for is absolutely amazing in that show. Absolutely amazing. He like almost carries it to a degree because he his stories fantastic. Fair enough. I, I, you know, I've, I've enjoyed Tom Hardy in some things. I don't like the Venom movie that much, but. I mean, All right. the, I think that 
a lot of people didn't like the Venom movie very much. <laughs> Anywho, continue. <laughs> okay, uh, number uh, number eighteen is Dexter. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's about where. Like, yep. Yeah, I'm going to cool. agree with that. Actually, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with it at eighteen. Uh, okay. Especially no. if you stop after season four. Yeah. Nothing happens after season four. No, forget it. It's oh, it's <laughs> Joe over after that. <laughs> There's enough it's content up. there to be an incredible show, and nothing happens after season four. Seriously. Cool. All cool. right. Four, uh, four season series. Uh, <laughs> number seventeen is Band of Brothers. Yeah, yeah. It, it had a. It had a I really. I don't think that I've ever was, even heard that title. That show was big at the time. It was big a Spiel, It's a Spielberg show that he they, made. It was a. It was, it was a mini accurate. series. Yep. On yeah, it's a mini series on on World War II, which you know. Uh, it, 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 Europe. Tom yeah. Hanks, might explain I why it. I haven't even heard of it. <laughs> There's and a whole bunch be, of famous people in there. Yeah, yeah um, it has a stellar cast. If anybody is gonna make a World War II miniseries, it's Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. For sure. they, they'll do it. They'll pull it off well. Listen, I'll let you <laughs> yeah. guys vamp about this for a few moments because uh, I have a dog screaming at me. I'll be right back. Fair enough. We have we have a little time before we hit ten. Okay, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep kicking down. Um, number sixteen. Uh, I, I think this is egregious based on the one episode of the show that I watched while it was in its original run. Uh, and that is Prison Break. Jesus Christ, really? Yeah, really. I have no idea why this is here. That's that's really random. I don't agree with that there. No. Yeah. But, I don't know. Prison Break is Prison Break, I guess, whatever. I, 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 I've seen a couple episodes, and the only reason I saw a couple episodes were because they were after... Uh, they were they were they were proceeding or you know following like the show I really liked, which is on the list, so I will save that for later. Ugh, prison break. All right, all right. We are now in the top fifteen. Top all right, half. let's go. Uh, number fifteen, Parks and Recreation. Parks and Recreation was my number eleven. It was the hardest show to cut from mm. my list. Uh, Parks, yeah, I'm good with that. I like I love Parks. Did you remember what? Did you remember for forever? What? Life. What about it? And I, I get that there, you might have just preferred a show over it, but like, what about it? Kind of didn't allow it to get quite into the top ten for you. Um, it was just, it was just there were too many good shows, and in all honesty, I had to choose one Shoreverse show. And what I mean by the Shoreverse, Michael Shore created uh, three television shows relatively close together. And I had to pick one. And that's also why The Office barely didn't make it. Uh, Office is like number 12. Um, is because I, I wanted to focus on one show that illustrated um, what was really, really good about um, like what his writing. And I feel like one show above the other th- three really does it justice. And that's probably because he ended it so, like, the way he wanted, it was the exact right, like, he wasn't, like, kind of forced to keep the show going longer than it should have. And maybe, like, Parks and Rec kind of gets a little bit jumpy the shark at the end. It does bring it back in the finale, but, like, there was just something about it that wasn't as perfect as the other one I picked, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I I just never really got into it. Like, I, I don't, I haven't seen anywhere close to all the episodes. It just, like... I was really into The Office when The Office was on. Um, the Office is not in my top ten. It, it's probably in my top twenty if I blew the list out a bit. Yeah, but um, I was into The Office, and I think like the that quirky humor 
like the level of it was like just enough that I was like still interested in it, but it wasn't like going into like too quirky for me. I don't know. There's just something about it that I found more relatable than Parks and Rec. That's fair. Um, you know, but like, I get it. I get why it's here. I think 15 for that show. Yeah. Everyone else that I know that's binge that show and loves that show. Yeah, no, cool. I agree. It, it's on my list. It's definitely up there. Um, yeah. I will say that, um, do you know that Michael Shore, the guy who created all these shows, he's in the office. Do you know who he plays? Is he in like a, is he like a regular? He is a regular reoccurring role. No, no it's, it's not, not Toby. Toby. Um, hold on. Is that a regular recurring role? Does recur mostly every season, I believe. Not like a lot, but he's in there. Shit. Who is it? Moe's. Dwight's cousin. Really? Yep. Is, that's, is Michael That's Shorter. very interesting. Uh, the, the sideburns were completely his idea. He just wanted to make him weird. And he also well has done. one of my favorite jokes in all of The Office, which is when uh, Dwight buys the building and is showing... Um, and he's showing uh, uh, Pam and Jim where the nursery is going to be. <laughs> and they go into the room where the nursery is. And he's like, turns on the lights. And Moses is there. He's like, welcome. And he's holding a paint, like one of those paint rollers. And there's just this moment of silence. He's like, were you painting in the dark? <laughs> no other explanation. Very funny. All right. That's all I got. All right. Number, uh, number 14 is Criminal Minds. Never watched it. Oh, okay, care. I get. Uh, I, I'm. I'm mm. okay, I get that. Criminal Minds is pretty Gucci. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. It might be lit because <laughs> it might be lit. <laughs> because... <laughs> would it be in your top ten, Steve? Uh, not in my top ten. Pretty fucking close, though. And I'll okay. tell you why. Okay. Number why? one, there's murders and shit. Number two, <laughs> there's murders and shit. <laughs> number two, there's cops. Number three, there's always a quote at the beginning of the episode, and sometimes it's not even fucking related to the episode. Number four. There's at least one person in there who is neurodivergent, and every freaking time he gets mad gash. Number four, no, no, it's number five. Uh, the seasons, the last two seasons have been non-linear. I uh, know, sorry, they have been linear. My bad. There's an overarching story to them in the last two seasons, and it turned like a serial killer with like a long, who's like a son of a like senator type of thing, and it had a great freaking story. It was cool. Highly okay. recommend it. Would you watch all 17 seasons? Probably not. Seventeen. There's a lot of seasons, bro. There's like, oh, let me take you the exact number here. Criminal doodles. Criminal oh, doodles. Whoops, sorry. I actually typed that in criminal lines. I call it criminal doodles. Uh, since 2005, it's been ongoing. So there's about. It's TV 14. So watch out. Um, they're about 14 seasons right now. Wow. Yes. All right. Um, and multiple people get murdered and also some of the main characters get murdered. In fact, one of the main characters, his wife gets straight up destroyed by a serial killer. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) And he drinks about it for like at least a year. (laughs) And he drinks about it. I've never heard it phrased that way, but I I love it. He I drinks of, about it for a year. I couldn't, couldn't come up with cool adverbs to throw that in there. So. <laughs> That's beautiful. So, I'm going to say that if Steve ever uh, brings criminal minds to the pod, my one precondition for that is Steve has to be like blackout drunk when he does it. Agreed. Uh, I'll try and like narrate the episode. We'll, Please. we'll make it our St. Patrick's Day episode. <laughs> oh my God. Steve we, gets we, drunk we do. and pitches criminal minds. 
We should have a drunk episode where we're all fucking wasted. We should. I, I agree. I agree. Right. I mean, you could probably do like a, a like you a cast in a, a pitch meeting. Be like, I'm going to tell you about a show where basically. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Moving all right. on. Moving on. We are at number uh, 13, which is Ozark. Okay. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Ozark I would be... watched like an episode of Ozark. It's good. I, I haven't watched anything of Ozark. I have no I really idea like... what it's even about. It's it's interesting. It's it's, it's a smuggling <laughs> family. I don't I don't necessarily think. Yeah, it might be. I don't think it would be my top twenty. My preference for animation might be showing. It's, <laughs> it's a yeah. pretty normy show. Well, like one of the things that I think is interesting about the ranker list, um, and I'm going to go. I'm probably going to go into this when we actually get into the top ten of it. Um, the recency bias in this list is interesting to me, interesting. and also the bias towards um, live action. Is interesting to me. Um, and well, there's honestly, always been a bias towards live action for like top ten most popular and award winning and yada yada. I also yeah, think I, I'm with you, but it's just mm. I I struggle with this too because I do think there is a recency bias on a lot of these lists because it's a lot fresher in our minds. I will also argue that the quality of television programs uh, drastically increased after sure. the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. When when shows were allowed to be cinematic, be more story driven, be less sitcommy and less monster of the weeky, we did get this like super increase in quality. So I I mm. agree with you. There is recency bias, but I think that sometimes there's a reason for it. I, I'm that's what there. Like. That's fair. You know, I I actually kind of in. in kind of supporting your point you know some of the shows i thought about were like shows i thought like i grew up watching like you know we were talking about married children um i remember sitting down and watching roseanne with my family every week i remember sitting down and watching home improvement with my family every week loving it i remember watching boy meets world every friday and it's not to say that those shows don't hold up Um, I think there are certain parts of them that don't, I think there are certain parts of them that are actually kind of aged kind of well, or it's like, Oh, I see why this is how that was portrayed or whatever. But going back to it as an adult now, I'm like, Oh, like I get why I like that as a kid or I get why like my family in the nineties would have watched that. Mm. But like, you know, as much as I wanted in, in some weird way to force like home improvement into this list, I just couldn't do it. It just mm, yeah. because I'm not going to pick it back up and watch it again. So it's one of those shows that like I could just leave it on and probably you know, but it's like I I wouldn't want to. Right. Yeah. All right. I'll get off my soapbox. Uh, no, number number twelve. We're getting close. Is uh, Shameless. I like Shameless. I think that's about where it belongs. Honestly. I'm not. I'm not upset at Shameless being that close to the top. Maybe it wouldn't be that close. Like maybe top twenty, but mm. it's a really good show. Maybe thirty for me, honestly. There's a lot of competition at this point, but Shameless is good. No hate from me there. No hate. I never watch it. So. Um, uh, I think Matt might have some thoughts about number eleven. Uh, but we're here. Uh, number eleven is House. <laughs> House is. <laughs> House is higher up on my list. Spoiler alert. So we can, we can, we can, we can curb that for now. Yeah, um, I will talk about House when we get there. But yeah. um, 
I agree that it's definitely bingeable and is actually a little bit higher than 11, in my opinion. But that's another story. I will save that for when we get there. Cool. All right. So let's start with their 10th, and then we'll go around and talk about our 10th um, and see, you know, how we uh, how we differ. All right. So how what Ranker, is their 10? Ranker's number 10 is Sons of Anarchy. Interesting. Oh. I, well, now I feel awkward. <laughs> is that your 10? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. No, that's good. Whoa. <laughs> Damn. Very interesting. All right, Crystal, <laughs> let's let's go right into it. What is what makes Sons of Anarchy your 10th show? I Well, one, as several, if not all of us here know, I have a bias for things starring Ron Perlman. Yes, and So, fair like, my, my bias absolutely came into play for, for putting it in here. Okay. But also, it, it's... It's one of the one of several live action shows that has characters that don't make me want to punch them in the like. It, <laughs> there are some, yeah, actually a lot that make me want to punch them in the face, but like there, there's a level of realism. And this might link back to the connection point that you and Sean were making Mm -hmm. um, to how they behave that I've personally like seen bikers behave in my own interactions with some of them. Like I obviously haven't interacted with like hell's angels or anything like that. Like I'm I'm not, no. What? Um, Sorry. I'm, and not touch of that with a ten foot pole. I I know my lane. I'm gonna stay well away from that one. Um, Fair enough. Unintended. <laughs> not intended. Actually, whoops. Um, but the there are le- there are levels of things that I appreciate on a technical scale for cinematography. So like the color grading, the the shots chosen just in general. Um, but also the fact that, like, the show got me to give a shit about this bunch of biker dudes that otherwise I would have just gone, there were a bunch of, like, if I passed a group of biker dudes and saw, like, any one snippet out of context, I'd be like, yeah, no, there's just a bunch of biker assholes and gone about (laughs) my day in terms of, like, real life interaction. But... Sons of Anarchy presented it in a context that made me give a shit. And I think that says something, especially considering my preference normally for animated media. Yeah. Especially animated movies as opposed to serialized media pieces. Let alone live action serialized media pieces. But... uh, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and lie. A big part of it making it into the top ten is because it's <laughs> is because it's got Ron Perlman. Listen, I you, there's nothing to be you know that is okay. I think you said uh, you you've given a very good reason. Uh, it it makes total sense to me, and it's a great show. I'm not gonna argue mm. with you. Um, Steve, number ten. Yes. What do you got? My number ten is the Borgias. The Borgias. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of this show. Uh, that title does not sound familiar to me at all, no. 
Oh, well. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea what this is, Steve. I, I'm excited to hear about this. Uh, give us a breakdown. What's the show about, and why is okay. it in your top ten? Okay, so it's a historical drama television. Um, it was created by Neil Jordan. Okay. And it's set in Renaissance-era Italy and follows the Borgia family in their scandalous ascension of the, the uh, papacy. So throughout this entire thing, it has oh, sorry, it has Jeremy Irons as Pope Alexander VI. And um, it's basically about how their whole family is kind of incestuous, commits a lot of crimes and murders. And uh, there's a lot of political uh, conniving between his ascension to become the Pope. And oh shit! Quite a bit about it is like a lot of the backstabbing they do in between the towns and the armories of Rome, and like what does the papacy do? And then uh, it's it's a really interesting show. It's very different. Damn. So th- so why did it? Add, is the reason it made <clears throat> your top ten is because it's so different than most things you watch? It was. It came out at a very different time. Like like this is like when like uh, like like you see like right around the Sopranos in it, and also like where, where Nurse Jackie was really popping. Okay. And um. It's there's one character I really like. I'm trying to see if I can make sure I've got the right guy. Um, he plays like an assassin for the Pope, and he's really interesting. Um, let me see if I can find that would be and oh, and Lucrezia is. Also, one of the main stars. Um, huh. I mean, I think that I think it's Joanne Wally or Sean Harris. Yep, Sean Harris. Damn, Sean, okay. Sean Harris is in it. Sean Harris is awesome. He's from um, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Yeah, I am intrigued by this this show now. Um, you going... can put a, if you want to watch the trailer, it's good. All right, it's on Showtime, right? Yep. Good to know. Sean, what's your number ten? All right, all right, so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this with I kind of was working towards something when I was thinking about home improvement. Hmm, okay. This show is not home improvement. This show okay. is not a comedy. This show is not scripted. <laughs> and it is incredibly long running. And I adore it. And this show is This Old House. Wow. Okay, okay, also, okay. Also, my favorite TV series. Nice. So... Um, why? <laughs> that was a very loaded why. That sounded like a very loaded why, by the way. Um, yeah, I know it wasn't, why? but it sounded a little why? loaded. Yeah, it, I didn't mean it to sound that loaded, but yeah, <laughs> that was okay. Great. I liked it. What, uh, okay, what, so I, This Old House was a show that I watched a lot as a young child. Like the, the Fox Kids weekday after school lineup. Mm-hmm. would end at five. Yeah. I would roll over to PBS, which was airing this old house at that point. And I watched this old house. And I think it was partially because I grew up in an early old house. I mean, it was built around like 1870, 1880, perpetually falling apart in different ways. Um, so on the one hand, it was kind of like my, my parents watched it because it was actually somewhat informative for them before the internet as to how to go about fixing things or who to ask or what to do. Um, there's great camaraderie among the crew and the hosts. And, you know, it's kind of like in my mind, like the patriarch of these families of, or these like family of TV shows, you know, basically it's, it's the parent of HGTV. It's the parent of like all these shows about remodeling or renovating 
it's been on forever. And the cool thing about this old house is each season is a project, one house project. Hmm. And so you see a house go from old, beat up, destroyed to a really beautiful space. Okay. And you get to meet all the people that work on it. You get to meet what they do, how they do it, how they think about things like that. And um, as someone who likes doing stuff with my hands, you know, it's really fun. And it's kind of a nice outlet to to do that. And it's like, you know, really calming, you know, like nice, like middle-aged guys from you know <laughs> New England just doing their thing. So uh, this old house, number 10. Touche. Okay. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, all right. So that brings it to me. Um, my number 10, uh, is the only animated show on my list, but I believe it will come as no surprise to anyone when I say it is star Wars. The clone wars, uh, is my number 10 most bingeable show. And, um, you know, besides the fact that it's star Wars and I will consume anything star Wars it is actually one of the most well-written and well-produced things in the Star Wars universe. Uh, not only that, I think it saved, you know, for me at least, it brought so much more to the universe than the three prequel movies. Mm -hmm. And I know I will have a disagreement with Sean because he loves the prequels. Um, but <laughs> it's not that I don't. I love all Star Wars movies. However... Really? There seems really, to what? Do you love the rise of Skywalker? You love the you love the rise of Skywalker. I all love all Star Wars. I like okay. some Star Wars content you're, more than you're others. You're saying that like the parent of five children's like yes. I love all my children. <laughs> I love all my children. It's like the little Johnny's a fucking piece of shit, and if he <laughs> I dipped don't care off, much I him. would not care. Yeah. No, I, I like some Star Wars shit more than others, but I love all Star Wars. I will forever love Star Wars. It's one of my favorite things yeah. of all time. But what I'm getting yeah. at is you can feel like when you watch, and I, I can point to the exact reason. So recently, someone redid the ending to uh, the Revenge, Revenge of the Sith, Sith. Yeah. in the Clone Wars style. And it hit so much harder than the than the movie because we spent seven seasons with these characters saw their relationship grow and saw what tearing it apart meant now as anyone who's a fan of star wars knows how important that relationship between obi-wan and anakin is but we never get to see it the movie kind of skips over between you know episode two and episode three there's there's this huge gap that the show fills in and it it's so well put together. There's so many great adventures and it's such a great kids, you know, show, but it's also such this amazing moment to see the growth of not only all these characters, but introduce us to new ones like Ahsoka and, you know, and see how these characters grew into who they became and transformed. And I don't think many shows do that as well as the clone wars did. So that's where I'm going to, I'm going to leave it. So um, I, I just want to weigh in just a little bit and it's not to come defend the prequels. This is not the time or space for that. And I'm not um, saying I hate the prequel, Sean. I hope you Yeah, know no, I, and I'm not saying you do either. Um, you know, I, so Clone Wars for me was probably 11. Okay. I, I had a really hard time with it. And it's kind of like you say, you know, for you, um, 
same thing for me. Star Wars is like my comfort. My It's, it's like my yeah. happy place. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. where I go when I'm excited and feeling good. It's where I go when I'm feeling down. It's where I go when I don't know what to go to. Mm-hmm. It's where I go when I want to still in my mind pretend that like I can be a Jedi and hold a lightsaber and like fly across space. Like, like I love Star Wars. Like I truly love it. I don't know if I love Rise of Skywalker. There are things about it I, I enjoy, but like we don't need to get into that. Um, but in terms of like Clone Wars, like uh, I was actually talking to another friend um, from our hometown, um, my friend Kevin, recently, who he had watched. He wanted to watch Ahsoka. He hadn't watched all of Clone Wars or most of Clone Wars. He hadn't watched Rebels. And he was talking to me about it because I was like, have you watched Ahsoka? And he's like, no. He's like, do I need to watch these shows first? I was like, yes. <laughs> I was yeah. like, do not spoil yourself. Do not, you know, do not go watch Ahsoka without having this at least a good overview. You don't have to watch all of the episodes, but give yourself the time to do it. And he went and did it. And he's on Ahsoka now. And he, he messages me and we were talking about... Um, kind of where things are with Disney and Star Wars now. Um, and let me see if I can find what I said to him. Because I was just like, you know, I have a really hard time with the the sequel trilogy, particularly the Rise of Skywalker and Force Awakens. I actually kind of like Last Jedi. Um, but the idea that like, you know, and, and I'm not saying I feel one way or the other about this, this idea that Disney is trying to course correct for how things run under George Lucas in terms of not having outside of Leia really any strong female protagonists, not having, you know, well-developed female characters. And, you know, he was kind of sharing that with me. He's like, I really like Ahsoka for, for that. And I was like, the cool thing about Ahsoka is she is created by George Lucas and she was perfected by Dave Filoni. And she is perhaps one of the most fleshed out best characterizations, like a fully formed character within star Wars now because yeah. of that. And that is, that makes clone Wars so compelling and everything that follows after in my mind, compelling to watch that she's involved in. And it, it's kind of one of the things that's keeping me interested in what Disney's doing. Yeah. Um, um, do you yeah. know the story of how Soka became, came into being? I feel like I did, but so no, it, it, just the short version. Um, as, as, as some people know, um, and, and probably Star Wars fans do, Dave Filoni loves to doodle in all of the Star Wars meetings. That's literally all he does. He just does little doodles on his pages. And like one of the things, and I think uh, um, uh, John Favreau tweeted this, is his favorite part of the meetings is when he gets J- Dave Filoni's sketch that he drew during the meeting. Um but not only that, so one time he's drawing, uh, um, you know, and he comes up and he's, he's drawing this character, and she's like this Jedi, young Jedi, um, with, uh, you know, like he drew, he drew Ahsoka, and George Lucas looks over and he says, "So who's that?" And he's like, "I don't know, just you know, a young apprentice." And he's like, "Oh, that's that's Anakin's apprentice." And Dave Filoni looks at him. He's like, "Well, Anakin doesn't have an apprentice." And he's like, "She does now. He does now." God just decided that he does. <laughs> and Filoni ran with it and made it one of the best characters in Star Wars. 
So yeah. Now um, listen here. That story is touching and all. I will not forgive what happened to Shakti and Kit Fisto. All right. All right. And well. Mason. Yeah. I will say, however, Matt. Uh, spoilers, I guess. Clone Wars is on my top ten. It's higher than where you put it, though. Okay, fair enough. Nice. I'm honored, by the way, because I, I I introduced you to that show, so I'm very glad it's. In it, me well, you list. got me to actually finish watching it, aside from the <laughs> right, couple fair. of episodes I caught on Disney Channel. <laughs> Touche. Touche. I, I showed you that this expanded universe is not as bad as people think it is. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, let's go on to number nine. Sean? Sure. Uh, uh, so my number nine. Oh, no, no. Start with um, their list. Their list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was <laughs> yeah. so excited to talk about my number nine. Um, <laughs> uh, their number nine is Supernatural. That really? one feels like a longevity pick. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I, like, Gen- no offense Jensen to Ackles, Supernatural, but I, I feel like. Padalecki. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, it's nothing special for me. I know, I know we brought it to the show. Uh, I believe Knight did, and she would probably agree that that's, you know, for her. But for me, it's just, eh. Yeah, I couldn't ever get into it. It's a choice. It, it's a Monster of the Week show. I mean, I'll grant, a they, they must have been show. doing something right, considering how many seasons they had, and when they were initially going to end it, the fandom damn near rioted in the streets. Which makes perfect sense as to why this is on their list. Yeah, because yeah, it's that's like there are people that like are super mm. committed to it and cool. All right, so I'll, I'll All accept right. that, Sean. Yeah, now you're number nine. You're number nine. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um. So I won't talk about this for too long because I actually already brought it um to the pod a while back, and that's um it, I, I'm kind of fudging it a little bit, but Batman the animated series and the the new Batman Adventures. Fuck um, yeah! Mm. the one that they bring in Tim Drake and Nightwing. Yeah, um, I just love this show. Uh, it means the world to me. This is the show that I would rush home from, you know, after school uh, when I was like in preschool, kindergarten. Um, on the solo pod episode I did a while back about Jason David Frank, I talked a good bit about Kevin Conroy and Batman the Animated Series and kind of how, you know, that's somebody who from my childhood, like when Kevin Conroy died, I, I really felt it. Like I really, really felt it. Um, Cause he's my Batman. And mm. um, you know, I still to this day will go back and watch Batman the animated series. I can just put it on and let it run. Um, the music is great. It's like, I was watching it with Max uh, probably a month or so ago. And he like, he like wants me to skip the, the opening uh, credits oh. and I was like no I snatched the remote out of his hand so fast <laughs> I was like you don't understand how integral <laughs> like this is to this show the Warner Brothers logo fading into the police blimp and then like you know the music just swells and like nah you got you, you, gotta watch you this. don't understand you don't understand just don't get it um, also, I couldn't skip this back in the day, so I am so used to it that I need it. <laughs> yeah, so Batman Animated Series, number nine. Go listen to that episode of the pod uh, that we did a while back if you yeah. want to know more about why I love it. So, Fuck yeah. Crystal, what's your number nine? 
my number nine is actually something that I need to somewhat blame Steve for. It's it's <laughs> technically a more recent show. Okay. Um, it is a K drama called Juvenile Justice. So back when Steve brought forward Extraordinary uh, Attorney Wu. Fuck it. That show is so good. That was a great yeah. show. That is a great show. Um, <laughs> Netflix proceeded to recommend me Juvenile Justice because okay. it is also a K-drama based in the legal system. Um, So as the title suggests, it is dealing with um criminal cases that involve minors. Specifically minors that are the perpetrators so we're talking kids that have committed murder and other such heinous violent crimes damn the main the the protagonist of this show is is the judge she hates these kids because they're like they're not kids that are remorseful and they are kids that are coherent of what they did and think that they're going to get away with it because they are minors. Jesus. Which caught my attention because a lot of shows dealing with criminality, if they have a minor that's sitting in the defendant's stand, Mm -hmm. it's normally either it was an accident, it was self-defense, it was... um not fully grasping the cause and effect of what their actions was going to do. Yeah. Um, but not even just like taking a look at the darker side of when minors are aware and commit these heinous acts. The show also puts a bit of a highlight on how the, how adults and parent, like parents rather specifically Adults around the kid shape what they think they can do. Huh. And, like, what they think they... Like, it. there's a highlight in a lot of the episodes, or rather a lot of the cases, I guess, technically, you could say, that if there's not some form of consequence for an action... Yeah. Then you're saying that it's fine. Huh. Like, like the best real-world example I could give for this is the difference between permissive parenting and gentle parenting that get confused all the time. Fair. Because a lot of people are like, oh, gentle parenting, so you just don't have any consequences. No. Gentle parenting is just, you're not beating the shit out of them <laughs> for the consequence. Can, can I just interject in Chris, Crystal? I, I, I don't mean to interrupt. I don't want to sound like Kanye now. Um, no, go ahead. But the gentle parenting thing, this is actually a joke. Um, gentle parenting is when you don't get angry and yell and scream at your kid. And instead you turn around and you pick a fight with your spouse. So, <laughs> is that really what yeah. it is? Always yeah. a Always <laughs> not, a not in the way that it's supposed to be practiced, but in the way that it ends up being, yeah. Uh, I can, um, I can a, confirm. A lot of people that have that, a critical uh, misunderstanding for how it like the way that gentle parenting is supposed to work is it's not free of consequence. You're still trying to teach right from wrong, but people have a very hard time wrapping their heads around 
punishments that aren't corporal punishment. So, like, at, at least here in the U.S., I can't vouch for like other countries. Obviously, sure. Um, it like they have a hard time wrapping their heads around of well, if I can't spank my kid, then obviously I can't really issue any kind of punishment whatsoever. And it's like that. No, that's not. That's not what it means. That is why I have created a Jurassic Park like program to deal with this issue. Hire one of those actors in a dinosaur costume. Anytime your kid fucks up, they burst through the door <laughs> with a little sound box. Uh-huh. So um, I would say, as the as the only current parent here, um, yeah, more power to you. I ain't ever having kids for for the for the time being. No, uh, the you're the only parent. parent. Well, maybe maybe Steve. <laughs> <laughs> maybe steve the days are counting down i'm afraid yeah steve's, okay, days, steve's days is not apparent or numbered oh, fair. Uh, okay. mine mine i have been beyond hope for now uh going on eight years um i would i would call myself a gentle parent i mean like you know there's a lot of stuff that like i do that's like a response or a reaction to kind of how i was treated as a kid Mm. Um, and it's like one of those things it's like I, I think maybe I got spanked once like neither my parents were not about that and I was also yeah. from my understanding a very good kid so I never really got like I never got in trouble that much but um, what I've tried to do is like just be really clear about what I'm feeling and how whatever I have to dole out the and I don't use the word we don't use the word punishment we've always used the word consequence Right. Because in the Uh, real world, that's what it would be. Right. And so like, you know, and and it's more for me just to say like, this is why you can't do that or shouldn't do that. Or this is why you need to think about doing that. Um, you know, but the, the most severe consequence, um, and this actually kind of ties us back into the shows. This is not on my top 10, but it's probably in my top 25, maybe, um, maybe top 20. Uh, I got this specific consequence from the show. Um, and that show is Malcolm in the Middle. And uh, when when Max does something, what I would consider really bad, which is like physically striking anybody, mm. particularly me, because it's usually just the two of us. His punishment is to stand in the empty corner of our living room facing <laughs> the wall for 10 minutes. So he cannot out. sit. Yeah. He cannot speak. He must be pressed up against the corner and he cannot move. Yeah. And I can't wait to show him Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> be like, this is where from I got it from. Malcolm yes. in the Middle is also the only show that has correctly ever shown what it's really like to have ADHD in multiple occasions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you yeah, uh, sh- Every one of those brothers has it in some form, right? Well, have you like, seen oh, the on and, that? And how? It's genetic. Yeah. yeah. Have you have you seen the scene I'm talking about? That is like the the air. Let me see. Um. This scene is literally what it's like to have ADHD, and I'll, we'll go back to the. Oh, I do remember this scene. 
kitchen? What does it look like you're doing? <laughs> that is. I so think my favorite part of that sequence accurate. is the engine lift having <laughs> pulled out the entire block. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously that was for the the character, but that is yeah. sh- that is scary accurate. To what it's yeah. like to live with ADHD. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> uh. Hey, it's, it's given us some really great hobbies. It's true. It has. It's true. Um, all right. Uh, that's every. Did everybody do their nine? Uh, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, we uh, no. still have you and Steve. Yes. Steve, <laughs> number nine. Yeah. Number nine, I put 24. Wow. Nice. Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ask me why. Why, Steve? Why, Why Steve? Because <laughs> Tony fucking Almeida. All right, all right, touche. <laughs> so, um, just for those uninitiated, the reason Tony Almeida is such a ridiculous character is because he's uh, died, been resurrected <laughs> twice, and then come back as both a hero and then a villain and then a hero again, and then, if I'm not mistaken, a villain. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Um. Is there anything? Also, you know, in the in the opening of season three, is it just Jack Bauer does heroin in his office, like out of casually. nowhere, casually, <laughs> casually does heroin in and his office? CTU. It's necessary, just, just casually. He got addicted while he was undercover. You know, he <laughs> has to do it at work. Yeah, he had to shake off the bad memories of letting his daughter get kidnapped twice. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, he goes into whoever pays him. I don't know who the fuck pays Jack Bauer. But he's like, look, I, I got a request for an accommodation under the ADA. Um, I, I have a disability. Okay, Jack, sure. Did you get hurt in the line of work? Not exactly. Okay, well, what's your disability? Uh, I need to do heroin. He's <laughs> uh, not winning. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, sure. Sure. We're only buddy. agreeing to this because you were super intense before, and this might calm you down. <laughs> You know, it's funny. This that's the that, that makes this the second show, at least that I know of, off of off of this list so far, that has had a main character get a drug addiction while on the job. Because huh. Criminal Minds also had that oh, character yeah. arc. Mm-hmm. And who knows the most about Criminal Minds here? The person who brought twenty four. That's right. <laughs> bum bum bum. It's a correlation. Steve, is there something you want to tell us? Yes. Criminal Minds coming soon to Beach Worthy. Steve, are you on heroin right now? What's that? Steve, are you on heroin right now? I, I don't... don't. I'm too busy fighting ghosts. I don't know what to I don't, tell you. I don't remember. <laughs> Do you remember why they decided to put make Reed addicted to. I don't remember. Uh, I think his Reed. Was like one of the mo- the more traumatized characters because of something that shocker. Yeah, all things considered, something that happened with his dad, and he got a fight, and then he forgot about it. So <laughs> and then he forgot. Now he remembered. <laughs> then he remembered after he started going to see another psychologist. That's fair. Two psychologists enter a room. What happens? Who knows? <laughs> they both end up on Xanax. <laughs> Good lord! All right, Mr. Matt, what's your nine? All right, my Sorry, number. No, it's okay. No, good, good, I like good, Mr. Good. Matt. Um, I am. My number nine is a little television program called Westworld. Ooh, um, interesting. Westworld is something that has been brought to this show before. So, if you want my full summary, um, I will save it for that episode where we go into great depths 
about the craziness that is that show. Um, but it is not only a show that I was addicted to every single week and eagerly awaited what was about to happen next. Uh, one of the sh- one of the few shows that really legitimately had some surprises and unexpected turns, uh, while being insanely character driven and developing this world and the set of rules that kind of far outside, you know, reality, but not too far that it's not like realistic that it could end up being the what happens soon. Um, incredible cast: uh, Evan Rachel Wood, Jeffrey Wright, um, you know, uh, Anthony Hopkins, um, and Marsden. Don't forget Marsden. Oh yeah, James Marsden. Gotta love James Marsden. All the love in the world. Um, just one of the all-around best shows I have watched in a very long time. Um, and not only that, but the soundtrack every week was beyond incredible. Um, mm. I was looking forward to what song they kind of make old-timey Western um, this week. Uh, some of the standouts include Painted Black, which incredible. Um, and I, I, I can't say enough. Uh, if you want to know the full story about Westworld, please watch that episode or listen to that episode. But hands down one of my favorite shows um and just like so uh, new and exciting and you know it's michael crichton so it's written well and then you know produced and written by an incredible team at hbo uh the only shame is that when when the merger happened it got canceled and never got to have its final season so um yeah i think the nice thing about the season one of that show though is and I watched season two and three. I don't know if I – it had four seasons, right? It had four with like yeah. a kind of ambiguous ending that would work if it got yeah. canceled. But, yeah, they, they still have – they have a plot written for the fifth and final season. So the, the thing I like about Westworld – I mean, Westworld's a great series for all the reasons you said. I think season one of that show, if that show had got canceled after that, which would have been stupid, but if it had been canceled after that, it would have been fine. Yeah, like the the story has a a conclusion that I think it's one of those ones where you could just kind of fill in the blanks as to what might happen next. But yeah, um, I think it it also had the good hook to continue. Yeah, um, which you know that 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 first season especially is just like magnificent. So I agree. Yeah, yeah, good pick from beginning to end. Uh, just an incredible journey, and again, some very unexpected twists and turns. Even when you can predict the ending. You will never predict the entire ending and some of the things that happen that were still surprising, even if they, you know, were a little bit obvious, it still was an incredible journey and something great to watch. Um, For sure. That's, that's, that's all I got. Um, Shall we move on to number eight? Yeah. All right. So number eight on the ranker list. Um, Uh I don't have a lot to say about this show. Okay. Other than the fact that I fucking hate it. All right. Big Bang Theory. Fuck the Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. (laughs) Um, Get it. My favorite analogy for the Big Bang Theory is nerd blackface. Yes. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) It's what Hollywood writers or like pop culture think nerddom is like, and they are not right. At all. Yeah. Um, it is it is painful to watch, and it is one of the most notable shows 
to uh, have YouTube videos made where if you remove the sound, the laugh track, you don't actually know when to laugh. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to say I tried watching this show. I think I got exposed to it in, in pieces from it just being around, like, I don't know, places, yeah. people's houses, like, whatever. And it just, it just kind of, like, it, it's one of those shows that just makes me feel kind of, like, angry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and frustrated. And I get what you mean. Like... Like, for me, like, there's usually no greater sin that a TV show is, like, just straight up boring. Like, it's just not interesting to me. I think that, that this is worse because it, it's, like, actually, like, causing me to feel, like, legit anger. Yeah. It seems way more toxic. Um, no, you're, you're not wrong, but I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Damn. All right. Uh, so, uh, if, I think Crystal had to step yeah. out, so you all want to start Yeah, with... if, uh, Steve, do you want to start this round? Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um... Number eight. Number eight, I put Fringe. Okay, a very good choice. Um, I would, I would have put X Files in its place, but Fringe is a good yeah. Continuation. I feel like this is like an updated X Files. That's what I consider Fringe. It's uh, I would, I would happily agree with that. Uh, what are your reasons? It's a bit more. Uh, actually, it's hard to say because uh, X Files did have a cops parody episode. Oh my that god! Was one of the one of the great like <laughs> the highlights great. of television history <laughs> is the cops episode, a cops crossover episode of the X Files. One of my favorite ones ever. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know what genius thought of that, but I, I do have to say, but Chris Carter, really, man, Chris Carter, uh, the rapper, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, the Vikings receiver. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, you know, I thought French had a really good characters that played off each other very well. And there was a little bit more, um, that was like when like television writing was still doing really well. And though it was monster of the week, it had an overarching plot to it that yep. didn't fall into, um, the background really. It, it was still at the forefront of every episode. So, um, good show overall, you know, I, I'll probably go back and watch it at some point. Fuck. Yeah. I'm down. Um, Sean. Uh, okay, so uh, I'll say it, and if it's on somebody else's list, we can kind of hold off maybe on, on the full discussion until then. Okay. Uh, and I have a strong suspicion that it's going to be on Matt's list, um, and that is What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows was number 13. Oh, okay, It didn't cool. make the list, because I had too many sick out. I wanted to keep it, like, differentiated, but it's on there, so I, we can absolutely it. discuss it. Okay, so... Uh, I know, I think it, I think it was on the pod before I came on. Yeah. So I think I listened to that episode. <laughs> um, I just, it's one of those shows that went from being, cause I don't think I watched the first season as it aired. I think I came in somewhere when the second season was airing, which has happened with me. Is there actually a few on my list where that's happened? Like I kind of like the show got hot or it got some kind of press or notoriety and I was like, I don't know if that's for me. And it's like, I keep like thinking like, all right, I'll try it. And I finally tried it. I was like, holy shit, like this is like made for me. Yeah. Um, and so not only is it a sh- become a show now that I can kind of like, it's like the comfort binge that I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. I can just throw it on and I will just enjoy it. And some episodes I will just sit there and just stare at the whole episode. Like, um, Jackie Daytona, um, I don't oh my know God, how many times I've seen that episode. 
Um, but I just love it so much. Um, you know, it's, so it's become one of those for me, but at the time that it was like relatively early in its run, it was also a show that I literally binged to get up to the point where I could watch like new episodes week to week. <laughs> um, so I've had, I've had my cake and ate it too with the show. Yeah. Um, and in the cat, like the ensemble is just perfect for it. Like everyone's great. Everyone's funny. And they're all uniquely funny too. Like it's just not like a bunch of like clones. Like, like in uh, Riker's number eight, the one that I said I fucking hate, which is because I fucking hate it, and that's the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Um, I I've already made my digs at the Big Bang Theory. We all have, and we all are yeah. in agreement. So, anyways, um, yeah, what we do in the shadows also came Watch from it. an incredible movie. Uh, the movie, oh, yeah. the movie's yeah. great. It just from beginning to end is incredible and so is the show um it 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 um i you know it's one of those few shows that i was really reluctant to bring to this it, it got in because it was on halloween and we happened to watch you know it was, we put it on the list of spooky shows to watch and it was the yeah. only time i remember a live action show at the time um where crystal openly laughed <laughs> that's awesome um, i don't know so, if you meant to or not and i did um pick a great episode where it had every like the um council of vampires where it was like was from every that, single um horror like vampire show and movie of the past two decades because danny trejo was no there Tom. yeah exactly no rob uh <laughs> dark greetings everyone um <laughs> So I'll say one more thing about what we do in the shadows. Um, it was not the first time that Max said fuck, mm-hmm. but it was the first time that I heard him say fuck. <laughs> I was sitting up in bed one night and it was perfect. I was sitting up in bed one night uh, watching what we do in the shadows. I thought he was asleep. He comes in my room, you know, kind of Cosmo Kramers himself through the door and <laughs> slides on in. Which, despite not liking Seinfeld, that has been a really helpful analogy uh, for being a parent. Um, slides <laughs> your, on into my room. Your kid's a Kramer. <laughs> grins at the... No, my kid is... He is me. Um, <laughs> but little. Uh, he, he looks at the TV. And the timing of it was perfect. Nadia says, bloody fucking Mary. And, like, Max looks at the TV. And he looks back at me. And he goes, bloody fucking Mary. <laughs> I was just like... I, I'm not mad. Beautiful. All right. Like, cool. Beautiful. That's a great note to end on. Crystal, number eight. Uh, well, we already discussed it. Number eight is for my list is Clone Wars. Okay. Well, uh, what is your reasoning? I gave kind of mine, but like, just, you know, short. We don't it, have to go into detail again. A lot of the points that you raised, I appreciated the fact that Clone Wars brought forward one more personality for the battle droids right because <laughs> instead yes. instead of just roger roger and making it seem like that that was the only reason why they had any kind of voice box installed in them <laughs> at all but yeah. it also put it into a lot more perspective for how daunting of a threat the the separatists were for having a droid army, even though the bulk of them were like low process units because like there's, 
there is something to be said in terms of like morale and the mental aspect of a war when you can have an opposing force that significantly outnumbers you. Like, sure, you can outmaneuver them. Yeah. But, like, I can promise you that if it weren't for the fact that the Jedi were there, the clones would have probably had more than enough reason to have a little bit of pause. <laughs> um, because, like, overwhelming force is technically a strategy option. And, yeah. like, I... I one of the things I appreciated about Clone Wars was the fact that it like brought that into reality because every planet where they had a major altercation, there was a screen wide across a giant field filled with battle droids. <laughs> yeah. Of varying like models and and designs and purposes, sure, but like filled. Yeah. And like in concept, that's terrifying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, like as much of a joke as like the the rank and file battle droids are, especially after Jedi Survivor brought back um the the like Clone Wars esque version of them having like some kind of personality and oh hello, like. Sure. So there there was an appreciation for that for like providing the connective tissue for why the clone wars themselves were as drawn out as they were and why it wasn't so cut and dry of why the jedi just couldn't immediately end the conflict aside from the fact that you know dooku was dooku um and fucking palpatine <laughs> um let's yeah you're my boy sheev um but it also like it expanded on certain characters that we only got to see like glimpses of in the movies so like general grievous it gave us a bit more of a background into him without having to you know pick up any of the comics or any of the novelizations for why the jedi considered him such a major threat yeah um Rebels almost made it onto my list and like almost tied almost tied into like this same spot. But I think okay. Clone Wars is more bingeable. Fair. Par- partially because of like familiarity with some of the characters. So like anybody <laughs> Sean with his action figures. Um anybody who like has even passingly seen anything Star Wars, good chance they know who Anakin is. So, like, yeah. that that piece of familiarity to tie it in. But also just the fact that the ability... There's something to be said for an ensemble piece when you have different groups that you can split up to help break up the... break up and change the pace every once in a while. So, like, we we got to have, like, that episode that was focused on how Yoda interacts with the clones and, like, what he's like on a mission. We got to have the episode for, like, how Kit Fisto interacts with the yeah. clones and as well as how he interacts with a former Padawan of his. <laughs> we got to see how Mace Windu interacts on a mission. I, like, 
that Don't leave out Pong Krell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for we, fuck's we, sake. We got to see Plo Koon outside of just like a cameo appearance. Like it it expanded on characters and it took advantage of the fact that it had these different characters so it could step aside and give breathing room every once in a while instead of just being constantly Skywalker, 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 Skywalker. Like and like Rebels is good. I just think that be, being able to switch it up every once in a while like that that Clone Wars has makes it more bingeable than Rebels. Rebels is still my personal preference out of the two. Sure. But I I think that's what makes it more of a bingeable situation. That is very well put. I agree. Yeah, that's with a you. great point. I, I can't I can't argue with one thing you said, and that's a very rare thing. So well done. The, the, despite your best attempts. Despite yeah. my best <laughs> attempts. I agree with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> um all right. That just leaves me. Um, and my number eight uh, is a recent addition to the show, a show I've become obsessed with recently and has been on my television pretty much nonstop, and that is Taskmaster. Um, uh, one of the silliest, most ridiculous, over-the-top, um, just dumb things that is always funny to laugh at. And instead of going through uh, the... the I, just, I, I just found one five-minute clip of what sums up why Taskmaster is so good. And it's just the combination of everything ridiculous and silly that these tasks do to these comedians and how they respond to it is just I, utter I think there's brilliance. something to be said for the ingenuity of making sure that your cast <laughs> is comedians as well for a show oh, like 100%. Taskmaster. Yeah. Uh, it would not be the same thing. And they pick always funny people and it's always ridiculous situations and it is just, I can watch it a million times and I get sick of the, like how insane it is. And I will share this five minute clip and that's what I will say. And I'll see what the reactions are. So uh, here it is. Let me share my screen. I'm sorry, but that is like just the epitome of what that show is. Just silly, stupid, but amazing and interesting to watch. Uh, that's all I got. Anybody else? Oh, no, I think he we're done with Matt on outing himself as a closet grip. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, number seven. Sean, go ahead. All right. Uh, number seven on the ranker list. Uh, I don't, it's not on mine. Um, great show, though. And it's The Sopranos. Sopranos almost made it. It was it was a hard choice to not put The Sopranos on this list. Sopranos but... is on my list, but it's not my number seven. Really? Okay. okay. So, Let's reserve until yeah, yeah, we get to it. Um, right. Steve, number seven. Uh, number seven or number uh, number seven, the Tudors. Oh, okay. Why the Tudors? Um, I really like that show. It's got a lot of people getting beheaded. <laughs> Always a good start. Always a good start to it. Um, the guy who plays King Henry the Eighth is actually really good. Spans quite a bit of history. And also, uh, Henry Cavill's in it. Oh, that is true. Yeah, that is Henry Cavill pre-Superman, right? Yeah, pre-Superman. Damn. Okay, all right. I will take it. Um, anyone else like the Tudors? I, I, I never watched enough of it, but um, I've heard good things. 
That's a good show. It, it's one of those shows on my list that like I, I'd like to get to. So that's fair. You should bring tutors to uh, Bingeworthies, my friend. No, all right. Good talk. Good <laughs> I was just going to say, good talk. Uh, Crystal, what about you? Number seven. Uh, my number seven, uh, once again, my bias is coming into play here, is Dragon Prince, another semi-recent thing. You know what? Dragon Prince is great. I will say nothing negative about it. I like that mm. show. So please, why is it on your list as number seven? It's got, It's got strong characters. It has an overarching plot. They managed to snag a seven-season deal from Netflix, which is which absurd. anybody, yeah, which anybody who knows anything about how Netflix normally does contracts knows that that speaks to at least what kind of numbers they were seeing from the first season, because this is a Netflix original show. Um, like I'm, I'm not sponsored. It just it, <laughs> it is what it is. Um. It also says something to the success that they've seen in that they are working on a uh, an MMO video game. Yeah, which is looks intriguing. Yes. Um, um. But it has a little bit of the kind of flavor that shows that are technically aimed at, like, teens, but aren't treating them like five-year-olds has where it has heavier subjects but it handles them without being so oppressively heavy as to be depressing fair enough um the animation especially once they you know were able to get the budget under them to be able to take their time and smooth out some of like the frame rate and stuff um because season one every once in a while like your eye catches on like little jumps here and there i Mm -hmm. I think when i initially showed it to you matt you had made comment on it um yeah but it grew on me Uh, you know you you, you forget about it very quickly yeah it has at least at the time when it first released a a unique approach to uh cg animation where it had more of a co- it has more of a color palette of like a 2d animation piece of work um but then you know still has the lighting rules that you just can't get around really of 3d animation um which led to leads to rather because it's it's still ongoing um (laughs) very very wonderfully saturated colors the cinematography for the fights um and showing the the landscapes is gorgeous more often than not um the overarching plot caught my attention because initially you think it's just gonna be three kids on an adventure with this dragon egg and then we've got but then it introduces a b plot of um darker forces at work to which i'll leave there to avoid spoiling names and such Mm -hmm. um 
it, it touches on a lot of the things that I just have a preference for fantasy animation. Kick ass. Want wonderful creature designs. Yes. I'll agree. Yeah. It is one of the few, uh, anime. Well, I guess not anime, like a few animated, uh, like epics I really got into and mm. I really hope, uh, ends well uh, i'm really counting on it to not let me down at the end but that's another story i, I think the only rough <laughs> spot that it's really had for fan base wise and i think it was more so just because of the gap uh left by the lockdown yeah. yep. yep what yep. was uh season four Three? four okay four yeah it was season four um because like season four is a bit a little bit of a setup season and it's not it's not a bad season it's not necessarily as strong as like season one and two Mm -hmm. i think a lot of the fan outcry initially when it like first dropped was just because lockdown had meant that it had been like two years two two to two and a half years between season three and season four there um all right Sean, number seven. Uh, number seven for me uh, is another show that I've actually brought. Um, I guess uh, it was like uh, nine months ago ish, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, um, which was The Crown. Oh damn! Um, okay, good. Historical I, I bet drama. We almost picked the uh, the seven, the same as number seven. Um, anyway, go ahead. Oh, cool. Wait, is it on your list? Not The Crown. I thought it was another show you brought that long ago uh, in that time frame. Okay, so anyway, continue. Oh. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I, I, I probably have that on my list. <laughs> um, no, so the crown. Um, I, I mean, I'll mostly reserve uh, for people going back and, and listen to the crown episode. But um, it's another one of those series, um, and it's not somewhat like so nostalgic for me now, or I'm so hooked on it that like I can just kind of have it running in the background. But it is a series that now that it's wrapped, um, it just aired its um last uh episodes back in december so of the six seasons you know i would say most of them are very good some of them are are excellent Uh, i think the first two seasons i think the original cast the younger actors is probably the best um but in terms of you know being a good drama showing you historical events from a kind of a different perspective um but like keeping it interesting, you know, the acting is phenomenal. The writing is phenomenal. Um, the music is great. Uh, it kind of just pulls me in and mm-hmm. it's the perfect, it's uh, 10, 10 episodes a season, six seasons. Um, I've only watched the six season once through so far, but the preceding five seasons, I've probably binged the entire series three or four times. <laughs> so um, it is something that I, you know, I, I do go back to. Um, I'm going to give it a little more time before I go back and binge the whole thing again with, with six now. Um, but it's just a great show. Um, and one of the ones that, you know, I'm kind of, I'm both relieved that it's over because it it did have a, a a good ending. Um, it didn't go all the way up to present day, which is, I think gets a little too meta. Um, and it, it knew what it's doing. Like the people who are writing it, they were like six seasons, we're ending here. That's it. Like we're not going further. Um, you know, I, I, I appreciate when people who 
produce these shows, who write these shows, who act in these shows, when they have a finite ending and they get to do it. And kind of like to Matt's point about Westworld, like that's one of the things about that show that it, it's, it's so unfortunate that HBO just couldn't give that to them. Yeah. Because when you have a plan and you get to stick to it, it's great. Mm-hmm. And when you get that taken away, it it's gutting. Um, and I think the crown had its plan and uh, they did a great job with it. Fuck. Yeah. I'm in. Um, all right. My number seven is a show that is probably on Sean's list. So if it is, I will save the discussion for when he brings it up closer to the top. Uh, That is a show. I believe it is the first show that Sean brought to um, binge worthy. And that is mad men. That was not the first show I brought to binge worthy. Oh, was it? The first show I brought was Herb. Okay. That's true. All right. Fair, fair, fair. Herb is not on my list. It it came very close. Um, But yes, mad men is on my list and I will just put it this way. We're going to, waiting a little while before it comes back up at least if the other two don't have it so fair um, enough we will save the conversation until then um with that in mind what is the number six according to list the the whatever lister or whatever the fuck okay number six is a show that the on the ranker list it's a show that um i brought up earlier um i don't feel as scornful towards it as i do towards big bang theory um but it just doesn't do it for me and that show is friends yeah, I'm ambiguous. I understand it was popular. I don't know how it was popular. I, I never laughed at yeah, it. Not... it. Well, I laughed every once in a while. I'll, I'll... Even a broken There's clock only is like right twice a day. two <laughs> characters out of the main lineup that I have any kind of like for. Yeah. Two and a half, I guess. And the rest, I got on my nerves. Yeah, I never found any connection with any of them. So you are good for you for finding something. So the one thing I'm going to say about this, and it's not about Friends itself, but we had also kind of, or I had brought up um, at the beginning, kind of the, the recency bias of this. Friends is the oldest show on this list. Wow. And Friends, I forget what year exactly it premiered. I think it was like 94, 95, somewhere in there. Sure. Um, this is the oldest show on the list. Um, I think Sopranos is the oldest drama. Uh, so be that as it may, you know, I think there is. And again, I, I, I'm one to talk. I mean, my list doesn't have anything that drastically old. Um, I did think about bring, putting Three Stooges on there, um, <laughs> which, you know, I wanted to, um, but I thought I'd go you know, a bit more mass appeal uh, with, with my choices. But, uh, you know, I, I think there are lots of great series that predate friends or at least contemporaneous with friends that it's, it's strange that, to me that this is the one, um, mm. you know, Touché. so, and, and to that point, Seinfeld is not on this list and that's, and I don't like Seinfeld, but it's, it's not there. And, and that's so strange to me. Yeah, that is a little weird, but I get it. I mean, first of all, it wasn't available to stream till very recently. And mm. secondly, so it was harder to binge. You had to own the DVDs. And I don't know. Maybe it, it's a good... Maybe it's not bingeable. Maybe it's one of those shows that you need to, like, watch in small doses. Yeah. I mean, mm. or no doses. <laughs> mm. All right, fair. Sorry uh, there, David. Crystal, number six. My number six is Gargoyles. 
Fuck yeah. Nice. Fantastic show. Why um, is it on your list? Uh, it's another one. It's an animated piece that touches on fantasy. So like it already won bias points with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I appreciate. I appreciate that it, especially for the time when it came out as an animated show. Um, it didn't stick to one singular antagonist like um as his name fucking escapes me xanatos um he's always there he's present just because of the way that they you know set up the locale for the the entire show Mm -hmm. um but he is an intelligent antagonist he's also not explicitly like destroy the world evil he's just standard selfish (laughs) like um but the fact that everybody gets character development including him out of like the recurring characters is very nice to see um it's an ensemble show that at least dedicates an episode to each of the gargoyles themselves. Um, it handled certain serious issues very well. So for example, the gun safety episode that, um, for subsequent airings, or subsequent re-airings, I guess, technically of the episode got edited a little bit because it, it apparently slipped past quality assurance or something. No. Um, it won points with me because uh, Eliza Maza is a strong female character that is flushed out. It's She's not a damsel in distress. She is a woman who is doing her job. She is smart more often than not about how she's doing her job, especially when you consider the fact that she went from standard NYPD cop to now dealing with magic for most of the cases that we get to see her deal with. Um, I also deeply appreciate the unique take on uh Shakespearean I guess you could call it lore. Mm-hmm. So the application of Macbeth, the unique take on Oberon and Titania, because for anybody who uh doesn't know um the actual like history for folklore surrounding the fae oberon and titania are not actually the king and queen of actual like fae folklore fae they are pure almost purely a shakespearean construct like uh, just characters that shakespeare made for the sake of place and having like a clear cut like hierarchy um but the the unique approach to tying them into how they might interact with a more modern day environment on the few occasions that they have to that they would maybe have to come here 
and the fact that none none of the characters are perfect. The closest to like perfect, I guess you could argue, is Goliath. But even then, there are multiple episodes that highlight that he's sometimes a little too stuck in his ways, and that can be a detriment to the group, especially since he's mm. the leader of the group and making a lot of the final decisions. Hmm. Um, Fair. So, too long didn't read version. Strong characters, a female lead character out of the main ensemble that's not just there, which was nice for me as a kid. Because at the time it was coming out, a lot of times it was just like the girl of the group who wears that, pink and it gets kidnapped a lot. Like it. Yeah, it was different and it was really yeah. cool. Um, not that, you know, uh, I will say not that it was the first time that female strong female protagonist, but I, I, it was not cool the to first see time. It, it was just cool nice to see. to see it happen. It it didn't happen a whole lot. It still doesn't happen a whole lot, let's be honest. No, it's true. In animated I, media. <laughs> true. I also do want to do, and this is a side note, and we can, we'll get back to it in a sec, but, like, I want to do a study because, like, Josh and I were having this discussion yesterday that horror is the exception to all those rules because strong female protagonists are, like, insane in horror movies. And um, I also, like, I think that in the slasher genre, there is not one movie where I'm, where it stars a male protagonist. I think all the strong females in slashers are female. And we were racking our brains trying to find one. That's a separate issue. Good thought experiment for later. I, I was about to say, I think that's a good discussion to have on a later episode of the podcast. I agree. Ma- but it was just something yeah, October or something. But it was just an interesting, anyway. Yeah. Food for thought. All right. Because um, I, I would also need to rack my brain for, like, lineups of, like, cast and whatnot. Right. Um, Sean or Steve? Ah, uh, all right. Number. Oh. I haven't got either of you. Okay, so Sean, you go first. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Steve. Uh, number six for me. Uh, so we've joked around about this a little bit. Uh, and came up with supernatural. It is not supernatural. Um, however, Jensen Ackles actually did have a role on the show for a season, uh, hmm. and that show is Smallville. Okay. I fucking love Smallville. <laughs> um, so it's one it's another one of those shows that like i was saying i didn't come on board immediately actually i think it was up against 24 when it premiered yeah i think that was like i think that was like the the choice that you had to make on whatever tuesday night you know whatever yep, yep, night yep, that yep, was. Yep. um it was either you went to fox and watched 24 or you went to then the wb and watched smallville and i mean I watched 24. I watched the first, you know, uh, three or four seasons of 24 as it aired. I didn't start watching Smallville. I think I caught like the season finale of season four. And it, I was confused out of my mind because there's a lot of stuff going on. But it, it starts really tying into the Superman mythos at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I think they had like kind of styled it or they're they were airing it like the finale with the premiere of season five and kind of styling it almost like a, like a one part, like a two part movie. And I was just so in. Um, and so then I went back and I watched, and I actually will admit that I bought the DVDs for the first like five seasons of Smallville. Um, <laughs> but um, yes, it's a freak of the week show for a long period of time. Uh, there are 
all sorts of things going on in the background, the overarching storylines and stuff. Um, but I just found the, the characters and the actors to be just really good and really, you know, either really easily likable or relatable or really hateable. Um, <laughs> and, and hateable in a way that like you love them. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Steve will know what I mean when I say X-Pac heat. It was not X-Pac heat. It was like legit. It was like, I respect this guy. Um, <laughs> he's terrible, but I, I respect the hell out of him. Um, and the last thing I'll say about Smallville um, is Michael Rosenbaum is the best Lex Luthor, and I will fight anyone who wants to say otherwise. Um, his portrayal of that character was fantastic. And in my mind, when I think of Lex, I, I think of him. Fair enough. That is a good enough explanation for me. Uh, Steve, number six. Number six, I put down Law and Order. Which is the original or all? All. Encaps- okay. All right. Encapsulated. Walk- I love it. Walk me through That's this. All. Um, the original Law and Order, I think anybody can watch on any TV at any point during the day, no matter where you are. Law & Order is probably like one of the most syndicated shows in the world, I would think. Um, I think where it is today is a very stark contrast of where it was in the 2000s. Um, SVU, I think, has gotten progressively worse. But um, organized crime has really taken off. I think it's got some really great storylines. The OG Law & Order is still pretty good. I noticed that Dick Wolf's writers tend to cherry pick a lot of the lines lately, though, that are like the same series will have an episode about the same things like AI, for example, or something dumb. And, but they will be like slightly different. Um, but I really appreciate the show. Uh, it's still, still going all these years. I think no matter what you can binge an episode of law and order and be pretty good with it. Um, mm. I just think it's gotten more political, which I don't like, but that's about it. Fair enough. All right. All right. I will, I will take that. I like how Steve has like, Steve has reserved like a quarter of probably what airs on cable television. Yeah. I I respect the hell out of that uh, between law and order and his other picks. Well, criminal minds didn't make it, but I do love that. It's, it's one of the most serialized, but still like, there's nothing to be wrong to say, but law and order is long running for a reason. Um, oh, for sure. You might not like every episode, and you might not be in the mood for it all the time. But Law and Order is good. Like, I, I can't find anyone who like hates the show and every single episode in it. So, no, there, the, there are certain ones that like I, like I, I mean, you know, Matt, like yeah. some of my personal gripes. So, like, I, I won't watch SVU. Sure. Um, but like base Law and Order. For the most part, I'm pretty good with. Fair. And that's something to say that, like, actually, I think SVU has the best cast, but still, yeah, I understand the it, other stuff. Yeah, like, it's not anything specifically, it's not yeah, anything no. against yeah. SVU. Um, I just, it, <laughs> you know. Fair enough. Um, all right. My number six is a show called House. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Shocker, um... <laughs> I mentioned earlier. Okay, so just, just to remind us, uh, House was, I think I said 11 on the I Ranker believe it was list. 11 on the, the list, yeah. right? On Ranker? Yeah. Um, I think it deserves to be yeah, much well. higher. But um, 
House to me is it's pretty much the only uh, monster of the week, so to speak, episode a show on my list. However, um, the strength of House is in its characters, and somehow they managed to keep it fresh for eight seasons. And I'm not talking eight regular, like you know, seasons as we know them today, where it's thirteen episodes. I'm talking twenty five plus uh, episodes per season of this medical drama. And the reason it succeeded is the strength of its characters. There's always the medical mysteries, which are always fascinating. And, uh, you know, from all the YouTube videos I've watched, not that that's, you know, a good source of truth, but from those YouTube videos, I watched, uh, the most, one of the more accurate medical shows. Yes. It's, it's, uh, unrealistic that all of these things would happen in New Jersey. However, uh, still the most realistic medical facts, like in per episode. Um, and, uh, the strength, again, um, the relationship between Dr. House and Wilson, his best friend is probably my favorite relationship on television. Now, um, granted, for those of you who know the medical field, please suspend your disbelief about whether or not House would be fired multiple oh, times course, over yes. throughout the series. 100% would have been, and they even say that. Like, there's no way he would have kept a job. However, medically, the show is accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wouldn't have kept a job, let alone his license. But... Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that doesn't take away from the fact that that relationship is incredible. Uh, from beginning to end, it is a great evolution of friends who shouldn't be friends, but somehow manage to get through everything together. Um, I also think it's incredibly awesome of the show to uh, completely change its formula after three seasons. So, uh, you know, obviously House is about him and his medical fellows solving these cases. And after season three, they all quit or are fired. So he has to start over completely. And it kept the show new and exciting. So just as it's getting dull of, like, repetitive about, you know, these same, you know, four or five characters over and over, it switches it up. And they all take up completely new dynamic roles and builds each of their character. Like, for instance, you know, one of them really wants to get away from House because he sees what an ass he is and how it's influencing him. But then it turns out he's too late because now House's way of doing things is like embedded in his brain and he can't literally work nowhere but with House because he's been corrupted by that kind of. And it's just such an intriguing idea with the medical mysteries. I could go on for hours, but that's my spiel about why House is so freaking good. Comments? Questions? No, I think I. (laughs) I miss Chase. I do miss Chase, too. He became became a firefighter in my head, in my head cannon. Yes. That's why he joined Chicago (laughs) FD. He has a whole, like, shared universe going. He dealing with the hospital realm. It was just like, you know, I'm going to just go be a firefighter. I went darker. He became a schizophrenic and decided to join the fire department. That's fair. That's very fair. Yes, because historically that would be the safest place for him. Um, Is it also, like, uh, I don't know if it's a little weird to say this. The last thing I'll say about the house is, like, I identify with him so much. I know that's kind of creepy and probably really not a good thing. House is, House the character is a doctor with all of the energy of a retail employee that was finally allowed to just say what they want to say to their customers. (laughs) You're not wrong. It's just like he lets. Like, don't feel bad about that. Okay. Because I'm I'm sitting here and I am just full on relating to Larry David, the human being. So fair enough. Okay. You know, understood. All good. All right, I'll, I'll take it. Um, no judgment. Good, good, good. <laughs> so 
I wanted to stop briefly. Uh, we are, it's midnight and we are halfway through the list. And we've been recording for two hours and I'm happy to make this a three hour show. But if you guys want to call it and save the other half for next week, I'm also fine with that. I will leave it in your very capable hands to decide if you want to push this. Um, I'm fine staying up, but I'll leave it up to the group. Uh, I think I'm, I gotta, I'm an I think hour I gotta behind everybody. Yeah, I think I got to slow roll, roll to bed, unfortunately. So Okay, fair enough. Maybe, maybe I mean, that'll also give us an opportunity. Hopefully, Knight can join us next week, and we can do a quick rundown of her 10 through 6 as yep, well. Yep, so we'll, we'll save the yeah. top 5 for next week. Um, this has Boom. been one of the better discussions we've ever had on the show. So I, I, I really appreciate it. And almost uh, entirely focused on TV shows, which is what the podcast is supposed to be about. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I think I'll put this up as a special episode in between seasons, and I'll put it up tonight. Mm. So we'll have um, this little gap between the new season where it's just like us discussing what we think is bingeable. That'll, um, it'll work as a nice teaser. There you yeah. go. So I'm going to, I'm going to plug um, an idea that not so new girl gave me when I was telling her that we we're going to do this. Okay. And she said that we should maybe think about even doing this like as an annual thing. Like it's a good, okay. it's a good place. I know you do like twists and stuff on it, but like, it's a good idea to kind of like see how things might change over time. You know, not oh. just for the bullshit ranker list, but that's fair. For what actually matters? Which yeah, is we can we can do like top ten I within like certain genres, or we could yeah. even do yeah, like we did. Uh, what was it last year? We did our for April Fools. We did our oh worst shows. We would oh, never recommend the under any circumstance. The yeah, ten least bingeable shows, which I think we should do again. I think we should do another least bingeable, which was very fun. Um. And it's it's funny yeah. you mentioned um, Sean the good place that's that might be on my list coming up. That's I a mentioned good place. The good place. To, you said that's I, a good place to go. I don't, I don't think go. my top five. Well, uh, actually, no. I'm sorry. One of my top five was already mentioned on the list, but it was mentioned further down for ranker. So yeah, Matt Matt mentioned one of my top five, um, and I'm pretty sure that he and I have another at least two more in common. Actually, now that I look at it, I'm looking at my top five. I know that one we definitely have in common. I'm thinking the one we have in common is the one I already ma- I already mentioned one, and then yeah, so it's at least two, maybe three. I think it's three. I okay. think it might be three. There you go. Yeah, there's there's a curveball in here that's a very very recent show, but it blew my mind so much that I had to put it up here and at very very close to the top. Nice, exciting. All right, that is all she wrote for this episode. Thank you all for for getting uh for sitting through all of this all tv talk which is great um steve final thoughts yeah um 50 cent wrote in his recent novel the 50th law okay if you die in the elevator remember to press the up button i there's nothing good night everybody